0: The blast from our past network. Hey everyone, co-host Corey here. I just wanted to take a quick second and say thank you to all of our Patreon supporters. Without you, podcasting after dark would not be possible. If you would like to help the show grow, please consider signing up at patreon.com slash podcasting after dark. You can also support the show by purchasing one of our awesome t-shirt designs on our merch store at podcastingafterdark.com or by picking up a copy of Seven Winters Alone by David Irons on paperback, hardback, or Kindle. Just search for Seven Winters Alone on Amazon or click on the link in the show notes. A free way to help out is to leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. Those reviews are huge for us, and really helps get the show in front of new listeners. Again, thank you all so much for the love and support you've given us over these past few years. It really means the world to us.
1: Podcasting After Dark presents TV Obscura, a deep dive into underrated and unknown television shows from our youth. Cartoons, sitcoms, cop shows, and much more. Sit back and enjoy some nostalgic fun with TV Obscura. Oh yeah, Macho Man Randy Savage coming at ya. That was a terrible impression of Macho Man Randy Savage. Uh, there may be more terrible impressions throughout this episode of TV Obscura, but welcome to TV Obscura. Yeah, uh, Tiny T, Sweet Sexy Z is going to be running the reins, running old wild all over you on this one. Uh, joining me, as always, is my beautiful, bodacious co-host, Corey Sleazy C what's happening
0: (laughs) (laughs) what's up thank you for show running this episode
1: it's my pleasure and i'll explain why in a minute why i'm show running but uh, rounding out the triple threat the three-way if you will and i'm not talking sexual i'm talking straight up old school wrestling style three-way is the armageddon diallo jackson what's happening brother
2: what's up brother What's up, Daddy?
1: Who, <laughs> Daddy? Today we gonna, gonna, gonna get a funky b- like a monkey. <laughs> Woo! <laughs> There's gonna be a lot of bad puns, a lot of bad wrestling impressions this eve, uh, this day. Depending on what time of the day you're listening to this episode, but this is our TV Obscura. Wrestlemania edition. Um, By the time you're listening to this episode, Wrestlemania most likely has passed. um, And you are the lucky recipients to listen to our Wrestlemania TV Obscura. Are we going to run down our favorite wrestling television matches? No. No. Are we going to bring them up? Possibly yes, but we're going to go in a slightly different direction for this wrestling theme. While we will be talking about our love of wrestling, we will also be breaking down, discussing three very semi-obscure wrestling TV shows from the 80s. Corey... Uh, Sleazy C, brother, will be talking about Hulk Hogan's rock and wrestling. Uh, Diallo will be talking about learning the ropes. (laughs) And I will be talking about tag team. Um, Do these all sound semi-pornographic? Yes. Yes. (laughs) Uh, Are they? No. But, you know, just quick background. I am a huge wrestling fan. I've been a wrestling fan since the early 80s. Fun fact, my mom's PE coach in Michigan was George the Animal Steel. If you don't know who George the Animal Steel is, he was the bald guy with a green tongue who came to the ring with a little stuffed animal I think he called Thing. Uh, And he was in love with Miss Elizabeth at the time, Randy Macho Man's wife slash valet uh, WWF character larger than life. Well, he just happened to also be a PE coach in Michigan and he was my mom and dad's PE coach, uh, at their high school at the, at the going around the same time actually. But I've been a wrestling fan for, since I was a little kid. Um, it was my, it was basically my babysitter for many years and I love it indefinitely. Don't really watch the current product. So most motion- Most of my love comes from the heyday, the 80s, the 90s, um, toe-dipping a little bit in the 70s. But it runs the gamut from WWF, WWE, WCW, NWA, AWA, WCCW, UWF. Florida Championship Wrestling. <laughs> uh, all these little letters that I just threw out to you may not make sense to you, but I'll tell you who they do make sense to, and that is one half of the three-way Diallo. Diallo, you are a fan of wrestling and always have been. Is this true?
2: Yeah, big-time fan. Uh, you know, I used to watch... Uh... Before I was, I wasn't really into it at the time, but it used to come, the AWA used to come on um, TV 20 in the Bay Area, I used to watch that, Um, I think like Chief J Strombo and uh, the claws Baron von Baron Raschke. Yeah. He used to do the claw. They used to come on. It was like the same. It was like the same match, uh, every week. <laughs> uh, remember Kurt Hennig one time with the, I think it was Kurt Hennig with the quarters. Was that when he yep. won? And he punched to with the quarters and they all, it's when he turned heel. Yeah. I they all bounced in the ring and, uh, The ref didn't see them for some reason, Um, but I didn't really like get religiously into it until um, a magical day in 87. I think we were we uh, we were doing the um, episode of uh, Galaxy High. And I remember I I used to watch Galaxy High and Teen Wolf back to back. And then um, I think I had just seen so many of the episodes and I flipped it over to uh, Channel 2 and it was like right in the middle of uh superstars of wrestling and it was uh piper's pit when um hulk hogan, uh, when andre turned on hulk hogan and was, my mind was just blown um yeah and i was uh, yeah from that from that moment you know i'd watched saturday night's main event prior to that but then um up to then yeah I just uh i was pretty reli- religious about it till like the mid 90s dropped off um, You know, watched it a little bit like, you know, in that Attitude Era um, and came back to a little bit watching it with you, uh, you know, some years ago. yeah
1: my my wife uh to this day says you stole my friend Diallo from me because (laughs) you guys met we met at a bar and Diallo and I pretty much talked the entire night about Doctor Who and wrestling (laughs) and suddenly everybody was like all the sound in the room went out and it was just us talking to each other face to face yeah sharing thoughts it was was like like, I've always I
2: always wanted to meet cute with a beautiful woman but uh I guess it was with Zach instead. So. <laughs> he settled on a beautiful man. Yeah.
1: So. <laughs> and ditto. No. Uh, uh, and yeah, the the our friendship definitely bonded over wrestling. I've had uh, several wrestling parties back in the day, WrestleMania parties, which I like to call white trash parties. And uh, and we would watch WrestleMania, and the winners would get prizes. Uh, I think Jeff, our buddy Jeff Brilowski earned a wrestling mask at one point Giallo earned a bunch of prizes uh Corey I kind of broke his saddle in on wrestling <laughs> as well but you you go a little deeper than uh, than the, just the current product Corey but what's your love of wrestling or or connection with wrestling?
0: Yeah, well, that, yeah, and of course that's uh, one of the reasons Zach is show running this episode is because I really don't know much about wrestling. I <laughs> grew up. Isn't that uh, a Sam
1: <laughs> Cooke song? Don't know much about wrestling. wrestling. <laughs> good one, good one. Um,
0: but that is not to say that I don't know anything. Uh, I just didn't feel like I didn't feel comfortable enough like running the episode uh, for, with my lack of knowledge. But. I grew up in the 80s, and uh, you can't, I don't think you can, you know, stay away from it back then. You you were, you know, somehow you were inundated with it. But my, my best friend, Luke, who we always talk about, Luke, Luke, uh, he's a Luke. big wrestling fan. So I, every weekend if I was hanging out with him, I was watching wrestling, you know, I was, I was, but I wouldn't watch it when I wasn't around him, you know. Um, so I still got, like, introduced to everything and all the characters and whatnot. And I, I knew who they were, and I recognized people, but I didn't follow storylines. I didn't, you know, go to, like, watch WrestleMania or anything like that with them. Um, but I did, uh, you know, grow up, you know, enjoying it. And I would play, you know, pro wrestling, the NES video game. And, of course, like, I remember the the, the 90s when, like, Stone Cold was big and everything and kind of wrestling was mainstream and whatnot. And, uh, you know, so I, I do have some wrestling in my genes, but I just, it's not something that I ever personally sort of pursued. Um, but I never took a dive hardcore into it. Um, I will say this. My favorite event has always been WrestleMania. I've always enjoyed WrestleMania's, and I did see, I believe, the one where... The wrestler died. He fell off the rafters. Uh, this is like late '90s, early 2000s. That, was that Owen, wasn't. That Owen Hart. Yeah. That, yeah. That was Royal Rumble, mm-hmm. right? Or Owen no, That was a In Your House. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Well, I will say by one, of my claim to fame is I was watching the pay per view of that pay per view, and I remember Luke and Xaire were both like something went bad. Like this is everyone's breaking, uh, whatever it says you know breaking their character and stuff. They were like, yeah, something something went down, and I'll still remember that moment.
1: Yeah, I was going to say, were were you privy enough to watch the wrestling pay-per-view where one wrestler didn't show up because he was too busy murdering his wife and son (laughs) and himself? (laughs) Did you watch that one? No. No, Uh, but I always
0: did want to see the one where Sid Vicious broke his leg and basically shat himself when it happened. (laughs) That's a good
1: one. That's a good one. So – Yeah, um, I I will. In just a minute, we're going to give Sleazy C a little bit of a quiz to see how well-versed he is on wrestling terminology. Um, (laughs) But before we do that, yeah, I just want to say wrestling in its purest form as a pure entertainment factor is, is, in my opinion, like the highest echelon of entertainment. You have a little bit of everything. Romance, action, drama, blah, blah, blah. The backstory, the behind-the-scenes story of wrestling is so chaotic, so dark, so uh, littered with just, like, the most bizarre stuff you could think of. And, yeah, the story I referenced is about this guy named Chris Benoit. Look it up. It's wild. Uh, but but there is there are many other crazy stories in wrestling that— Shoot, we could devote an entire episode to just that, which would and a proper pad episode, which is about three and a half hours. We could fill that with three and a half hours of bizarre wrestling stories.
0: (laughs) I I do want to just really quickly say that anytime I watch wrestling with my friends, I always have a good time doing it. I think when I was on my own, it just seemed like such a hard thing to get into. There were so many stories. It was almost like trying to jump into, like, Amazing Spider-Man number 500, and, like, this is my starting point, and there's so much history. And I'm just like, okay. it's just, It was hard for me to get into, but I always enjoy watching it, and I think it's a really... Like fun sport and and like entertainment, and I really respect the people that do it uh, because I know it's a very hard sport, and I know it takes its toll on their bodies and their minds because they're working so hard for you know for so many days out of the year and everything. So I have immense respect uh, uh, for wrestlers and everything. I just I was never able to sort of puncture through myself and and get into it on my own, but I always love watching it with friends.
1: Yeah wrestling can sometimes and I think Diallo you can attest to this wrestling sometimes can be a hard thing to get into because storylines really never stop it's like it's it's pretty much the only form of entertainment that is continuous it's it's daily it's weekly it's monthly it's yearly uh it, it never has a down season definitely has crappy storylines that make you want to turn the TV off and take a break for a little bit. But wouldn't you agree that wrestling is the only form of entertainment that never lets up?
2: No, there's one other one. And I happen to be a big fan of the other genre, what um, used to be, and that's soap operas. <laughs> and yes. it's the same exact um, thing. It's actually why what pulled me into wrestling. It was people would ask me why I was so into it. And I was, it was really about the storylines and the, the drama of it. And, uh, um, and yeah, for like, just, but for me, just like with soap operas, um, with wrestling, I can come back 20 years later and watch one episode and you get a sense of whatever storylines are going on. And if something hooks you, you can get right back into it and keep going. But I, I can understand like what Corey's saying, like if you're not really inclined in the first place to really jump in, you probably won't.
1: Yeah. True.
0: Very yeah. true. And, and also, too, like back in the 80s, so this, you know, the era that we're all going to be discussing, this was probably my favorite era, what I know most about. I just – I remember watching it with Luke, but I remember – that like you would always have a match of like Jake the Snake Roberts versus some generic guy with a mustache <laughs> and it was and I was always like okay and I, I get it they would save the big ones for later but at some point I know it switched and I know you guys can probably inform me as to sort of when that switch happened where everybody became a name and everything but it was just it was kind of weird when I was a kid because I was like no I want to see Jake the Snake wrestle you know uh, uh, Nikolai Vol- the Nikolai guy or something I don't know you know what I mean yeah, guys yeah, yeah. like I was trying to go face heel but i didn't want to pick two faces or something and by the way i know what a face and i know what a heel well is. <laughs> you're, you're, i'm gonna cut you off right there and Please we're
1: gonna do. just jump right into this quick little quizzy quiz so um what is a face face is a good guy what is a heel heel's a bad guy okay what does kayfabe mean
0: i don't all right i'm gonna try my best but i th- i think it means you stay in character the entire time. And so if you break it, and I, that was the word I was looking for when uh, when he when he died, uh, Xair said everyone's breaking kayfabe, and I was like, I don't know what that means, but okay, so yeah, so it means you stay in character.
1: Wow, so far you're three for three. Um, and what is a shoot? Ooh. In wrestling terms, I, yeah. you perv. <laughs> I'm a shoot, I'm a shoot. Uh,
0: I... I don't know, but I'll say I know what a mark is.
1: Okay, what's a mark?
0: It's like well, uh it, it's like when you it's real to me, damn it. It's like when yes. you're right? Like like yep. you, you fall for it. Like you marked hard for that thing, right? You yes. like,
1: you cheer for it. And and shoot is what Diallo, what's a shoot? Uh so yeah, I might
2: I might actually get this wrong, but uh, cuz uh, I wasn't actually big on the terms <laughs> when I was okay. watching, but um a shoot, I think, is just like the uh, like the is it like the angle that you're taking for whatever storyline you're doing.
1: Basically, it, it's basically when you when you abandon the storyline and you just go off for real, quote unquote. Uh, ECW was infamous for that, where you know the guys would. They would break character and they would shoot on someone, maybe telling a, a personal story about them in the ring and really, like, you know, getting the fans to be like, oh, shit, they weren't supposed to talk about that, you know. Oh, or, so wait,
0: you let out some, like, real information that's not the character type of thing? Yes. So, wait, yeah, so it's, exactly. it's sort of a way of breaking k but still... Like, what, staying sort of in it? You're Like, it's like a hint or something?
1: It's a Yeah, it's a little bit. You saw a lot of that during the Attitude Era okay. uh, the, in the 90s. You know, uh, the perfect example is when Brett the Hitman Hart and Shawn Michaels were wrestling. And uh, Vince McMahon allegedly called an audible and had Shawn Michaels win the title at the end. Uh, and Bret Hart lost the belt because he was leaving WWF to go to WCW. And... You know, Bret Michaels or Bret Hart flipped out, uh, spit on Vince McMahon and was yelling at him outside the ring. And that was kind of the beginning of the Attitude Era, which things started getting more real. Like they they were people were shooting on it. People were shooting on each other. Um, Is that also so, when yeah. Vince
0: McMahon started getting into the storylines, too? And it started becoming like the whole like everyone was against him and, you know, stuff like that. And Came he's the big evil boss. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Because up, up until that point diallo what was he pretty much known yeah he
2: was just the announcer up until that but i i mean i knew he was the owner um back in the day but yeah he was just the announcer and then um i had kind of gone away from it but then all of a sudden he was like the evil ceo and he played that role to to the hilt it was good truth
1: becomes reality you know or truth becomes stranger than fiction i suppose or or life
0: imitates art maybe
1: yes totally because you know the era that we're kind of kind of focus on, the '80s and toe dip into the '90s today on this episode. It, it's it's when uh, kayfabe was at its highest peak, probably when when wrestling was considered you know uh, everything's real, right? And and when we say f- if we ever say the word fake, it, it's only in in the sense that the outcome was predetermined, but the action itself, for the most part, was real. Yeah. These guys are putting their bodies on the line. They're getting injured. You know, uh, like, like, like Corey was saying earlier when some random dude with a mustache and what do we, Corey, do you know the name of like a random wrestler that always loses? Do you know what that's called?
0: Oh, it's not a heel. It's not. Ah, oh, Damn it. I don't diallo it's a jobber a jobber. Oh, a jobber i knew that xer would be so fucking mad at me right now i knew he, he calls me a jobber all the time God damn because we're
1: not cutting that
0: out wait <laughs>
1: no we're not <laughs> can i
0: ask you really quick zach uh kfabe does that what it, like is that an acronym like what is that
1: i think it was i think it was created uh when in the wrestling era okay so it's the, just like a, 70s
0: it's just a made-up word then okay
1: yeah, yeah. And, and you know, one of the greatest jobbers of the 80s was a guy named Barry Horowitz, who lost almost every match. And Diallo, what was he, uh, what did he do when he came to the ring? Yeah, he
2: was patted himself on the back. Yeah, and then he had a vest with a
1: handprint in the spot where he's supposed to pat himself on the back. Um, I, I think we're probably going to reference mostly WWF uh, storylines or angles throughout this because we're talking about WrestleMania. Obviously, WrestleMania is the culmination for WWF. However, you know, now we have AEW. We've got Impact Wrestling. There's still other divisions. Um, Ring of Honor, for example. Major League Wrestling, I think, might be another one. But is, is NXT th- one of them? NXT is a part of WWE. Oh, okay, okay. Sorry, uh, it's like their farm division. But but back in the '80s and '90s, the the hot properties were were territories that were uh, well. Yeah, I think in the '70s and '80s, really. Uh, we're, there were territories spread out throughout the United States. It wasn't just WWF. Um, Diallo, can you explain like what a territory is or what the whole idea was behind the territory?
2: Yeah, territory was literally just like they were like regions of the country that um, certain promotions sort of they owned, quote unquote, owned that territory. So. A W A was like really kind of like West Coastish ish NW- They were like
1: mid uh, Minnesota based.
2: Minnesota based, okay. And then uh, what do you call it? um, um There's like mid South, um, mid South yep. N W A, which kind of rolled up into uh, like mid South and West. It was like West Virginia. It was like a Virginia yeah. League or something. Um, yeah. And then, um, WWF, but that was, WWF was something else before. I can't remember what it was. Well, it
1: was WWWF. WWWF. Yeah. (laughs) And Um, then there was Florida championship wrestling. Yeah.
2: ECW was there.
1: Eastern championship wrestling before it became ECW hardcore. Uh, yeah that was that kind of came out in like the late 80s early 90s I
2: think. the one where that that's the one where uh, uh, Dingo Warrior and uh, Sting were tag team. Was that the no, same that, league? That,
1: that was World championship Class Championship yeah. Wrestling yeah, okay. which yeah. came out of Texas and yeah. Corey, if you want a wild story and everyone listening who's not familiar uh World Class Championship Wrestling is was the, was kind of founded by the Von Ericks. it's a family of mm-hmm. five. Uh, the father, and then he had five sons, and four of those sons are now dead. Jesus. And only one's alive. And three of them were through uh, two of them were through suicide. Damn. Uh, Yeah. It's a wild story. There's There's a documentary on YouTube called Heroes of World Class. If you want something that gives you a real background, and this is where like Diallo and I will just go on for days about our love of some of these characters. This is where like um, you know, world class championship wrestling had the Freebirds, and you know they came out with Confederate flag uh, robes at the time, and they, and they came out to the song "Freebird" by the Allman Brothers Band, and but this was like a this was like a Dirty South kind of wrestling division, and really really cool uh, world class championship world class championship wrestling. But and anyways, that became yellow, WCW, I,
0: I WCW right? That's WCW. No, what what Uh-oh. what
1: did WCW? What was that originally, Diallo?
2: Um, for to, in my understanding, was that it was it was the NWA and the NWA rolled in a couple other promotions and became WCW. Um, yes, Jim Crockett um, Promotions, uh, which has a lot to do with one of the shows we're going to talk about today. Um, Indeed, yeah, was the sort of like the mastermind behind WCW.
1: Okay. That's right. And before we get into these three shows, I just want to I just want to I want to sprinkle in promos from WrestleMania moments. Um the first one is Hulk Hogan in 1988 WrestleMania 4. WrestleMania 4 was a um, was a little bit different from the uh, previous WrestleManias because it was a tournament to determine who was going to be the world heavyweight champion. Up until that point, Hulk Hogan was the big deal. Well, there was controversy prior to that, and he did not have the belt, and there was a tournament, and he was planning on facing Andre the Giant. Uh, it was going to be held It was held at Trump Plaza in Atlantic City before Trump became who he is today, unfortunately. Um, and Mean Gene Okerlund, you know, the, the, the voice of the backstage at WWF was interviewing Hulk Hogan. And he says, speaking of Hulkamaniacs, Hulk Hogan, we have seen them here in Atlantic City. And I know millions of others are watching very intently all around the world. And this is what Hulk Hogan says in reference to Andre the Giant. Yes, but if you look in their eyes, man, you see the fear in all those little hoaxsters. They realize that when I get Andre the Giant cinched up in the launch position, when I slam him through the Trump Plaza brother from New York down to Tampa, Florida, the fault line is gonna break off. And as Andre the Giant falls into the ocean, as my next two opponents fall to the ocean floor and I pin him, so will Donald Trump and all the Hulkamaniacs. (laughs) But as Donald Trump hangs on to the top of the Trump plaza with his family under his other arm, as they sink to the bottom of the sea, thank God Donald Trump's a Hulkamaniac. <laughs> He'll know enough to let go of his materialistic possessions, hang on to his wife and kids, dog paddle with his life all the way to safety. But Donald, if something happens, if you run out of gas and all those little Hulkamaniacs just hang on to the largest back in the world, I'll Dog paddle us, backstroke us all to safety.
0: How much coke do you have to do to cut something like that? Cut a promo and that's like half that? promo. that's Jesus. half
1: of the promo. That's half of the promo.
0: And so when they do promos like this, it's off the top of his head, right? They're they're riffing, right? I mean, I know what they got to say, or what I'm sure they know where they have to sort of go with it, but they're they're kind of riffing, aren't they?
1: Yeah, it's a it's a mixture. I mean, they get talking points, they get talking points ahead of time, what they got to cover. But I think this is something that people forget. Who are maybe not wrestling fans? These guys, they gotta, they gotta physically do something in the ring, and they've gotta act and stay in character the entire time, and do these lines. So that's pretty impressive, in my opinion.
0: Yeah. Now, I've always thought it was really amazing. I mean, obviously, you have some real duds out there, like, oh, I know all about the Shockmaster. I remember <laughs> oh, yeah. that whole scenario. <laughs> I remember that build up and him tripping, falling through his, uh, his entrance. I mean, yeah, they. They had to not just be physically in the ring, but they had to to just you yeah, have these personas and you know think on the spot, stay in character, you know, not cuss. Like, I mean, it's it's a lot of stuff going through your brain. And people are like, oh, you know, sometimes they hit us up. They're like, oh, you forgot to mention this on the podcast or that. It's like, man, like like when we're doing the show, I don't know about you guys, but like I'm I'm like constantly thinking about what I'm gonna say next. I'm trying yeah. to think about what I'm saying now. It takes a lot more work than it does to just talk to somebody. So with this knowledge of podcasting, I can only assume the same amount of work, if not more, because these guys are fucking professionals. I've always been impressed by an awesomely cut promo and how some of these guys can just stay in character and just produce some some amazing verbal content like that.
1: Well, we will get to some pretty sweet promos later on from maybe, in my opinion, one of the best promo cutters of all the times, Jake the Snake Roberts. Um, but fun fact about, Shockmaster, who you referenced, and if you guys don't know who Shockmaster is, just type that in, and on YouTube, and with, you'll 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 find out. With really his pink quick.
0: sparkly stormtrooper helmet.
1: Yes, so that guy used to be known as Tugboat. Yo, the I WWF, know. <laughs> and then he went on to become Typhoon. He was a he was a face with Hogan. And then he became a heel with Earthquake, um, and became a Earth tag team uh, partner of Earthquake. And in WWF for a minute, and then I think they both went off to WCW, and that's when he became the infamous Shockmaster, aka the Amazing Blunder. <laughs> I saw somebody made a like one of those
0: fake toys, you know, and like he, they put him in upside down, like and then like on the. Oh, it's back, a real it's, toy. Oh, yeah, oh, okay, okay. So he, they did. It came
1: <laughs> out that way. I have that toy. <laughs> that's
0: great. It's still I in the box. I love it. I love. He came in the toy
1: upside down on purpose. <laughs> it's hilarious.
0: <laughs> But I
1: will say, I will say, let, let, let's, let's jump into the heat of the matter and we'll, we'll sprinkle in tidbits here and there as we move on. But, um, we're going to talk, Corey's going to lead us in discussion first about his pick, which is rock Hulk Hogan's rock and wrestling. Corey, what, uh, what's the story on this TV show?
0: Hey everybody, Corey here. I just want to let you know that we'll be right back after these short messages.
2: On the winter solstice, when the lasting darkness threatens to descend upon the land of Atalan once united, magi in training, Wilt Garen, and his shepherd, warrior in training, Breden Adair, must find an ancient lost weapon before the ultimate ancient evil returns to the world of Aeos. Hi there. I'm Adiello Jackson, writer of The First Noel's Chronicle podcast. The First Noel is an epic, family-friendly adventure told in serialized form. Think of it as Lord of the Rings meets, well, Christmas. Join us each week for the next thrilling chapter of The First Noel, now available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Audible, and all major podcasting apps, as well as Kindle Vella if you want to take a read. Thanks and see you in Adelan. The winter tell is almost here,
0: and now back to the show. Yeah, um, <laughs> this was kind of the only thing I could really bring to the table <laughs> for this discussion. <laughs> um, uh, but I, I used to watch this show. Um, you know, I used to like this show. I used to watch it on Saturday mornings, like everybody else. And like I said. Even though I didn't watch wrestling on my own, I was it was still around me all the time with people like Luke, and then later in life, my buddy Xair, and then later in life, you two guys. So I've always, honestly, my closest friends, and Jeff's a wrestling fan too, always my closest friends have always been strong wrestling fans. So I've picked up a lot through osmosis. But interesting, I watched this one on my own as a kid, uh, came out. So Hulk Hogan's Rock and Wrestling came out in 1985, uh, ran from 1985 to 1987. Um, it was an American cartoon series that aired for two se- uh, seasons on CBS Saturday mornings. Like I said, 85 to 87. The third year was uh, just reruns. It was produced by Deke, uh, who we all know Deke, and love. Deke. Deke. And, uh, with, with, uh, also with, with Saban Productions and the World Wrestling Federation. So the the show would be animated, but it would have uh, live action segments in between uh, the animated segments. But due to their busy schedules, uh, the characters were voiced by actors instead of the res- wrestlers uh, with notable talents like Brad Garrett as Hulk Hogan, uh, James Avery as Junkyard Dog. Whoa. Louis, yeah. <laughs> yeah. James Avery, uh, Uncle Phil and the Shredder. Um, Louis Arquette played uh, Jimmy Snuka, Jimmy Snoop- Superfly Snuka. And uh, Charlie Adler as Roddy Piper and oh. Neil Ross as Mean Gene Oakland, Okerland. Sorry, Mean Gene Okerland.
1: Also, shipwreck wasn't? Isn't he shipwreck? Yeah, that's Neil why Ross? I called
0: Neil Ross out because I I, nice. I knew you would know who he was. So this is interesting. Due to the longer production times for animation versus live action, uh, the show couldn't keep up with the characters in real life uh, changing sort of face to heel. Yeah. So, example, uh, Rowdy Piper starts as uh, he's a heel in real life when the show starts. But by the time the show ends, he's actually uh, a face. But on the show, his character stays heel the entire time. He's also the, like the main bad guy. And then the reverse happens with Andre the Giant. He was face the entire time and and then, you know, he flips to heel during the run of this show, but they don't have time to make those adjustments. So uh, basically everyone who who starts out, like when, so basically whatever the characters were in like 1985, that's how they're going to be on the show, you know, moving forward face or heel. Uh, you don't see like actually any real or too much wrestling on the show. It was uh, uh, the ring kind of wrestling is the only, is, it was there to sort of, inform the viewers as to who was good and who was bad and they kind of jumped off from there um i watched the first episode i forgot that they were basically each 30 minute episode is two cartoon stories so like one t- two ten-minuters you know and then a bunch of live action skits and, and things here and there um first i'll talk about the the skits and, and the live action stuff I enjoyed it. I thought it was a lot of fun to see see these characters or see these actors, see these wrestlers doing their thing. And and it seemed like, at least from the limited stuff that I saw uh, with the show, it seems like they really tried to take these live-action tiny skits, like little one-minute, two-minute skits, like they're out of the ring completely. So they try to put them into actual, like almost – SNL skits of sorts, and I was like, "That's interesting." I kind of, I kind of enjoyed that. Um, the animation, I did not. <laughs> it was, guys and gals, not the strongest cartoon we've ever discussed on TV Obscura. I think um, if I was older when this hit, because '85, I mean, I was like eight years, seven years old at that point, so I was pretty young. I think if it, if I was a little bit older, I don't know if I would have gravitated towards it. Uh, but like. The, the character designs were cool like I, I liked the way I thought they did a good job of like making them cartoonally look like their their counterparts but it's like design wise it was fine if not a bit simple but the animation itself is not great in this show or at least all the episodes I watched. I watched the first one and then I watched like a couple other ones just to kind of skim through and find like I was like yeah the animation's kind of trash in this um <laughs> but I enjoyed it as a kid. I do have a lot of nostalgia love for Hulk Hogan's rock and wrestling, but I think I'm just going to keep it that way. I'm just going to keep it in my past and say, you know what? That was something I enjoyed at the time. And Mm -hmm. I did. I loved it as a kid. I remembered it fondly. I don't think it holds up well today. It was, uh, it was a pretty rough ride, guys. I'm curious to hear what you guys think about it, and I'm also curious to hear: uh, Did you guys like it when you were younger? Because I just, man, it is—it's kiddie. It's aimed real young, yeah. I think. Uh, Diala, what were your thoughts on on Hulk Hogan's Rock and Wrestling, man?
2: Yeah, I mean, uh, back in the day when it was on, it was again, it was like a little bit before I was actually religiously watching wrestling, but I used to tune in every once in a while because at that point wrestling had kind of started to hit a fever pitch and like you were saying earlier you couldn't really escape it um but it never was anything that like kind of really pulled me in obviously the story it was i mean it was very it's funny it's funny what you said about the animation because when i was just watching it this you know yesterday um it actually reminded me of like early 90s uh cartoon animation that's like that that style was it um and i and i an issue with 90s style animation isn't the word that i would use but i definitely feel like there was like a drop-off in um, american animation at that time um but anyway so that's what that reminded me of but yeah it was just Serviceable, yeah. I mean, obviously, it was aimed for kids. That it, like that's what the whole WWF deal was about. The how they um, marketed all their uh, characters, um, and. Yeah, it would just uh it it re- it reminded me kind of like any other cartoon in that era actually. Not and not the big ones, not like yeah. the Smurfs or Gummy Bears, not the ones that were kind of long running, but the ones that they were just on they would they would end up on uh, TV obscura at some point. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, um like they you know, they last 13 episodes last, you know, that I mean that's what it was. Um you know, watching it the other day I I had no problem with it. It was kind of, it was fun for me just to watch because um, I hadn't like seen um a lot of those I mean not that they were actual real life, but just like I haven't seen depictions of them in a little bit. So that was kind of fun for me to watch, but like I think like you were saying the uh the mid episode promos were like were like the fun parts. And I actually thought they were like genuinely funny too. Yeah, yeah they yeah, like, they were yeah, there Bobby was one Heenan where... was doing his, uh...
0: <laughs> his brain thing. <laughs> yeah, it was. Uh, who's the Russian guy Nikolai Volkov? Is that yeah. Yeah, Nikolai was? Yeah, There's one where like some lady locked her keys in her car, and he rips off the door. Yeah, and then she gives her the key, She's like, "No, it's broken now." He like puts the door back on, and then like he opens the door, and they both look at each other, and they like laugh. And I'm like, "This was really cute. <laughs> this, yeah, that was a good one." And then yeah, the Bobby the Brain Heenan one and everything, they were really fun. And some, you know, like in the,
2: the WWF at that time, they 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 actual on the like uh, superstars of wrestling and wrestling challenge shows. They actually did semi that often. Okay. Um, it, I don't know that they went that hard with like um, an old lady with the door on, but they they did a lot of like fun goofy stuff, you know, on the on the week on the weekly shows. And then, I mean, there's also the famous uh, Slammy Awards where they just go crazy doing a whole bunch of wacky stuff. Mm -hmm. Um, So, yeah, it definitely, it definitely was. And, you know, it didn't, it was a show that, I don't, it was a couple seasons? How long did it go? Yeah, it was two seasons. Yeah, yeah. So just, you know, it was fine, but it was, you know, it was, I think it was in line with a lot of... um, Because they had the figures at that time, too, right? Those uh, bendy figures. Zach, you have some, I'm sure.
1: LJN. Yeah, Yeah. LJN came out with those big hunks of rubber. Yeah,
0: yeah. (laughs) Man, you could kill somebody with one of those toys back in the day. Yeah, my brother used to
1: hit me with them, so. Yeah, they were fucking,
0: (laughs) I've been hit by one, too. They fucking hurt. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, but good call, Diallo. Serviceable. I I like that term, and I think that <laughs> that's that's yeah. I think that's appropriate for, our, for Hulk Hogan's rock and wrestling. Uh, Zach, what's your connection with the show, if any, and what how, how did it hold up to today for you? And yeah, Bodie watching I mean, would- with you.
1: I was obsessed with uh, the toys. I, want, I, I wanted toys so bad. And when those toys came out, I'm like, they don't move, though. you know. And I was so disappointed by the fact that they didn't move. AWA actually came out with action figures at the time that were made by Remco. And so they were based on the He-Man mold. And they actually moved and looked like I still have the, the ring. And I've got the original like six figures that came with that uh i loved awa toys and then the wwf ones came out and like eh, but they don't move what do you do with them you know hit each other the cartoon came out and i thought oh this is going to be cool they're going to be in the ring wrestling cartoon versions a la muscle the the japanese manga comic you know that actually was a really cool american cartoon that came out many years, years many years later i think on fox um but it didn't. It was like those kind of stupid skits, like uh, the ten minute episodes that was like, oh, junkyards has a robot and uh, <laughs> someone's getting a truck stolen or whatever. It was just really <laughs> silly. Um, but so I didn't like it as a kid. Now I watch it and it's very nostalgic and it's very kitschy and I'm it's service- it's serviceable. I'll watch it now. Um, but the skits to me is what saved it. Bobby the Brain Heenan. Is gold that guy for those that don't know? He actually was a wrestler for some time too in the AWA before he became a full fledged manager and commentator. Um, the guy is improv gold, Mm. he can do no wrong. I'm sure that entire skit that he did in that first episode where he's weightlifting was 100% improv and unscripted. I can guarantee you,
2: he was selling it so hard at the beginning like you didn't know that it was gonna break into comedy like mm-hmm. yes yeah he sells it yeah, so sells it.
1: yeah and, and for those that don't know what does selling mean cory what does that mean
0: uh it means like i know what it i'm trying to hold on, hold on just give me a second give me something it means like like you you're staying in character and you're really like like pushing the point forward of of this of this like character message or, or like what you're trying to do and you're not breaking k Yeah,
1: when when you're getting hit and you know, or if you're in the if you're in a. Um... Uh, I was thinking uh, about uh, it more in a
0: promo term. Yeah, okay. In the ring, you sell a hit or something. Uh, you know, your your opponent hits you, and you sell it. And 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 I don't. There's a. I'm sure there's a term when you when you botch it, right? And you don't sell it correctly. Yeah, botch. Okay, yeah. you just botch it. But yeah, I mean, I think. I mean, as far as I understand, I mean, half it's wrestling when when there it's always a team effort opponent non-opponent totally. because the, the the person that you're fighting against is also working with you to keep you safe they're both keeping each other safe and they're also selling each other's moves it's it's a dance it's it's a beautiful thing it's actually amazing how much uh, effort they both parties put into a match and everything but yeah selling it means like if you get hit by someone else's hit it's not it's not like a huge hit in real life but you make it seem like it's going to be a huge hit
1: Yeah, and if you don't sell it, then you can get your ass handed to you, a la Lex Luger from Bruiser Brody back in the day. If you want to see a wild match, Bruiser Brody was a WCCW wrestler all over all the territories, but he wrestled in Japan a lot of time in Japan. I think New Japan Wrestling or something like that. All Japan, something. Anyways, uh, New Japan, I think. And he was wrestling Lex Luger, and Lex Luger was being an idiot in the ring. And for those that don't know who Lex Luger is... Diallo and I very well know that guy. <laughs> was He was a big deal for a while, yeah. and then he's partly responsible for Miss Elizabeth dying. Um, yeah, look that story up. Anyways, Bruiser Brody got so pissed. This dude, if you look up Bruiser Brody, I guarantee you, Corey, he'll be your favorite wrestler, Bruiser Brody, because he was a fucking badass. And this guy was like, nope, I'm not selling anything that Lex Luger does to me because... Lex Luger's being a chump in the ring, and there's a great match on YouTube, I think you can find it, where Luger like basically gets out of the ring as soon as he can when the match is over because he knew that Bruiser Brody was going to kick the shit out of him. <laughs> I, and he would have.
0: S- I see a picture of Bruiser Brody here with all the cut lines on his on his forehead. <laughs> My yes. God, yeah. it looks like it looks like a wrinkled old man, but just on his forehead from all those cut lines from from when they were. Man, that was an era that was crazy when all the the blood era, you know. Yeah. Happened. Well, that's
1: mostly NWA and the territories, right? Diallo. Yeah. That that most of the blood matches came out of the the. The stuff that WWF did not do. That's why WWF had a cartoon like this because they were so uh, kid friendly. But N- N- NWA, yeah, guys would hide razor blades in their, in their tape. Um, Roddy Piper told a story once about how uh, he was held down in the back in, in, a, in, in NWA era think Florida championship or mid South and they Sam papered his forehead down and then they put a piece uh, they put ice on it. So to stop the bleeding. So midway in the match, he gets smacked in the forehead and the blood just starts pouring out. Jesus and Christ. Diallo and I, one of our favorite wrestlers, the American dream death, the Rose <laughs> baby uh, had scars all over his face all and arms it. from those matches. Yeah. And Abdullah, the butcher, a very famous um, cutter. The guy used to cut the shit out of people with forks and, and all sorts of weird stuff. Jesus
2: yeah they you know <laughs> conversely they had like a no blood rule or something like that in the WWF. WWF yeah yeah,
1: yeah and then even to this day if someone gets bloody on TV and replay they do black and white oh because you can't <laughs> tell if it's blood when it's black and white Ooh. anyways um, yeah rock and wrestling it was uh, you know it, 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 it's it makes sense why WWF doesn't uh, put the license out and put this out on DVD <laughs> <or
0: viewer. laughs> and, uh, and did uh do we have a bodie rating for that one for this one
1: bodie was not a fan of this okay he yeah he was like he he, he um yeah because he's so in Roast in GI Joe right now. And I was he's about like, to say kinda... Bodie's
2: probably reading Shakespeare by now. I don't... <laughs> yeah, right.
1: I mean, he loves his humor. This was like kind of just stupid. Um, the 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 jokes are just dumb. The skits are funny, and he actually laughed at a couple of those. So on a Bodie rating, he didn't give it a number on this one, but I'm gonna do it for him on a scale of one to five. i Probably give it like a two. <laughs> Ooh, wow. But yeah. I will say I will Bodie, say
2: Proxy Bodie is, is harsh. <laughs>
1: <laughs> but I will say, I will say to Corey, like I think, I think the three of us are all in agreement that, like, I'm, I'm glad this show exists. I'm yeah. glad we have it. Yeah, of so, course. Because like, the animation of the wrestlers, the cartoonish animation, was really cool, actually. Like from a still perspective, if you just look yeah. at them from a still um That's it's what I'm saying. I like gym- the
0: I like the designs, like of how they their caricatures. That was my like favorite part of the animation aspect of it was I liked how they represented the the, the the wrestlers and everything. And uh yeah, it would it'd be one of those things where I'd rather now engage it with like toys, like as like toys that actually look like that animation style. Love that. Than actually watch the episodes themselves.
1: Yeah. If yeah, you- I think Oh,
2: As if you were to ask me, like, what was the that early '80s or that you know mid '80s uh WWF era, I would almost point them to that cartoon rather than any of the matches because that kind of sums totally. it sums up on so many levels what that WWF era was about.
1: Absolutely, absolutely, and it's it's a shame that Jimmy Superfly Snuka at one point it was supposed to be the biggest thing. He was going to win the championship, but then um, <clears throat> yeah, allegedly he killed a woman and Vince McMahon covered it up.
0: Yeah, a little thing. Mm-hmm. We could probably do a whole TV obscure of like terrible wrestling facts that happened. Mm. <laughs> so I, I would love I mean, that. So many. Um, but before, <laughs> Diallo's, like, <laughs> Diallo's lost in thought. There's, there's, just, so, so there's just so many. So <laughs> many. <laughs> so many. Like,
1: before, uh. before, before we get to Diallo's show and i'm really excited about that one. Uh i'm going to re- read you one another promo. This one's from WrestleMania 5, the build up to WrestleMania 5. It's from Macho Man Randy Savage. It was when the Mega Powers collapsed. So it was Hogan and Macho wrestling each other. The mega gonna...
2: yeah, the mega yeah, the mega yeah, the mega powers.
1: Yes, yeah, so as we know, they uh, after Wrestle, WrestleMania four, Macho Man Randy Savage won the world title. He was the champion, and then Hogan was his buddy, right? And then Miss Elizabeth, and uh, there was like a, a you know three way conflict there where Macho Man got really jealous. In real life, he got jealous too of Hogan, but this is part of this is part of the promo that he cut on Hogan. So he said. Ooh, yeah, Hulk Hogan, not only are you a hot dog, a grandstander, a showboat, and a prima donna, but you're a liar, too. In fact, I remember a time when we stood in front of the man that does nothing but lie, Brother Love, and you told some of the biggest lies that I've ever heard in my whole life. That's a lie, Hulk Hogan, and that's enough to get me hot, but what you said to Elizabeth is enough to get me to the boiling point, yeah, because you said he loved Miss Elizabeth. Hulk Hogan, you say you love Elizabeth. I got news for you, man. Yeah. I got news for you. Elizabeth is going to be in the corner of the macho man, Randy Savage, at WrestleMania 5. Yeah. And let me tell you something. You say you love me like a brother. Well, you listen to this, Hulk Hogan. I hate you. I hate your guts. And that's what's going to be left all over the mat after WrestleMania 5.
0: The cream always rises to the top. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) When home.
1: Up, yeah. <laughs> and When it ended up happening, Miss Elizabeth was in a neutral corner, and wow. Hogan won the title from Macho. But it was a great build up, and just... who, who's, Go ahead.
0: who's, uh, like, who was woman? I thought Randy Savage's his lady was woman.
1: That was no wom- woman was Chris Benoit. Oh,
0: Chris Benoit. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Real-life
1: wife. Woman was the valet for a tag team called Doom in NWA WCW. Do you remember that, Doom Diallo? Was it like – was
2: it uh, – I'm trying to think of – I was thinking of the ripoff of uh, um, the Road Warriors that was in WWF for a bit. Oh, the Powers Uh, of Pain? Powers of Pain, yeah. But no, I don't –
1: doom was doom was hacksaw butch reed who in 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 the wwf he was the natural butch reed he was this black guy with bleach blonde hair and then he went to w he went to the nwa and became just straight up butch reed and ron Ron simmons Simmons. who later became known as Farouk in the wwf uh he was the first black wcw champion i think yeah um but they were a tag team under these black masks and they would wrestle guys like the Steiner Brothers, in my opinion, the greatest tag team of all time, or my favorite tag team of all time, the Steiner Brothers, hmm. who, by the way, were inducted into the WWE Hall of Fame um, this past WrestleMania weekend. And Woman was their valet. Okay. She's been in the business forever. Uh, Kevin Sullivan was who I think she originally was with. Mm-hmm. That's a story right there. Mm-hmm. Her Their relationship with... Chris Benoit, and -hmm. then he became her husband, and obviously that's why she's no longer with us.
0: Yeah, yeah. well, going back to happier times, can I say that one of my favorite moves in wrestling is the Frankensteiner. Oh, yeah, it's a great move.
1: Without a doubt, if you guys don't know who the Steiner brothers are, look up Steiner Brothers Tag Team nwa or w early wcw because that was the shit right diallo like they, yeah. they those guys put on five star matches
2: yeah they were great um scott steiner before he got super roided um was yeah, like know, he's a lot more athletic um hmm. acrobatic i should say um
0: was he the one that had the chain mail
1: hat yeah. thingy on and the blonde later beard? on yeah yeah, yeah. Later,
2: yeah towards the end he got like super like
1: he, baby. he was huge yeah at one point he was gonna be the world well, he was positioned to possibly possibly be a world heavyweight champion in WC, NWA early WCW, but he couldn't cut a promo for his life at the time. And promo being, you know, like what I just read from Macho Man and earlier Hulk Hogan. Um, but he had a match with Flair, Rick Flair, the champion at a Clash of Champions, which was a televised kind of like a pay-per-view event but on tv for free on tbs great great uh like mini pay-per-views and free pay-per-views and uh it was a great five-star match that he put on with flair but then again right diallo flair rick the nature boy rick flair put on a five-star match with every single person he was in the ring with yeah i mean he made everybody look good
0: everybody everybody because
1: yeah. he sold
0: everything. everything right yeah he
1: knew how to sell it yeah <laughs> there you and go. He never broke kayfabe <laughs> there you um, go <laughs> but speaking of breaking potentially breaking kayfabe or or uh changing the rules or uh, maybe like opening up a lens to things that i didn't know at the time a little tv show called learning the ropes and diallo going to tell us all about that show
0: hey everybody Corey here I just want to let you know that we'll be right back after these short messages.
1: Imagine being one of the last people on Earth, being trapped alone with something not human, something always watching, something always waiting. What would you do? Where would you run? Where would you hide if you were haunted? For Seven Winters Alone. Podcasting After Dark presents Seven Winters Alone, a dystopian haunted house story by David Irons. Available now in paperback and ebook.
0: And now, back to the show.
2: Nothing's gonna keep us from learning the ropes. <laughs> uh, <Schwarzenegger. laughs> yeah. i got Na Na" vibes no from totally, that, uh, totally, yeah. totally, totally. Yeah. i actually looked it up It was really hard finding a lot of research for this show because i was trying to figure out if it was actually the same uh, uh people that wrote that theme song but uh anyways mm. learning the ropes it was um a uh tv show sitcom that was made um and it was actually filmed in canada it aired on ctv in canada and it was in the united states in syndication um (laughs) it this show is so obscure that imdb can't decide on how many episodes there were actually made Versus what, like, Wikipedia and other sources say. So, most of the sources say that there were 26 episodes. Um, IMDb says 13, but IMDb doesn't even have like the names of the episodes except for the pilot. Um, even though those wow. episodes do exist, somebody just like, and I guess where I'm going is it's so obscure, nobody even bothers to like input the information on uh on imdb so if there's anybody well, out there watching this now you can kind of go in and fill that in you'll be the first
0: one because because it says 1988 and then it's got the dash and it has no end date on it and <laughs> yeah. and, and it doesn't even have like the cover of like the show it's just a random Aww. picture well, lyle of, lyle, of, of lyle yeah yeah, yeah. So it
2: was a super like you know, super, super obscure show. Um, I think it probably only ran 13 episodes just from like the, yeah. the time that it was on. It wasn't even on a full uh, uh, season. I think it was about six months it was on. It was made um, as a sort of like a cross promotion with uh, the NWA, Crockett Promotions, um, used it to sort of pro- uh, push a lot of their wrestlers, uh, as they were, um, and mostly in Canada. So the sh- I think the show is a little bit bigger in Canada, but, I mean, that's, like, relatively speaking because it's still kind of balmed. Um, <laughs> it, it starred Lyle Alzado, who, if you do not know, is a oh. legendary defensive end. Um, he's most famous for the L.A. Raiders. Um, he won the Super Bowl, Super Bowl uh, eighteen. They beat the... Uh, Washington Football Team then the Red, Redskins, so they're the Commanders now. That is the worst name, the Commanders. The, the Washington yeah, Football Team was perfect. It sounded yeah, yeah. old school. Yeah, it yeah. sounded like it was made in like the 30s. They should have kept yeah. that. It the Washington you know? Football Club. Yeah, yeah. the Commanders sounds like it's like um uh you know for a TV movie, uh, replacements two with yeah. Keanu Reeves. <laughs> you know um but anyways yeah so he um he also played with the uh the broncos and the browns um
0: and i just want to jump in i just want to jump in real quick that i think a lot of our listeners podcast after dark listeners will know him from the movie destroyer Mm -hmm. 1988 Uh, i've i recognize this cover uh, but it also stars deborah foreman clayton roner who of course uh zach loves and anthony perkins Uh, it's funny because I actually read cuz I've never seen the movie cuz I always thought the cover of the poster looked stupid. But then I read the description of the film and I was like, "That's actually a pretty cool idea for a movie. It just has a terrible ass cover." So maybe actually now come up on I pad.
1: Hmm? maybe it'll come up on Pad.
0: That would be cool because not going to lie, now Adela, I'm sorry. I'll I'll stop talking in one second, but I absolutely adored Lyle Alzado in this on the show. I thought he had so much charm and personality.
2: Yeah, yeah, he was he was really great. Like, you know, cuz he was known for being like uh, on the field, like, you know, on the edge, uh, you know, tough bruiser. But on the show, he was like kind of like a, a cuddly teddy bear almost. Um, unfortunately, he um, he is passed away. He died um, in uh, I think it was 92 of a brain tumor at the age of 43. He always blamed it on steroids, which he came out, you know, was saying there's there's actually no real link Um, to that but he became sort of like an advocate for not doing steroids but yeah uh, he he was so the the whole premise of the show was that he was a teacher and vice principal at a private school Um, his wife um, and ex-wife left the family so she could go study law in London and left him with his two children who was uh, played uh, Mark Randall, um, who was played by uh, Yannick um, Besson. I think his last name is. Um, he's most famous now for a show called uh, Murdoch Mysteries, a CBC show that does, uh, it's like a detective uh, mystery show in the 8th, uh, 19th century Toronto. Um, and he, uh, he had a daughter um, named Ellen Randall, and she was played by – this is, like, significant for me. She was played by uh, Nicole S- uh, Stoffman, who, um, a.k.a. Steph, from one of my all-time favorite franchises on television, Degrassi, junior high. <laughs> uh, she – and, like, uh, actually, she she literally was the reason why I stopped what I was doing to watch that show the very first time I saw it. Because um, she was – dressed up, like, as a, like, normal schoolgirl, and then she left the house and went somewhere and changed her clothes and, like looked all super risque before she went into school and i was like what is this show <laughs>
0: <laughs> i i the, the sadly the the youtube quality was so bad i could not even tell you what people's faces looked like yeah
2: no it oh was really God. bad like i i know what she looks like and i had a hard <laughs> time actually discerning what she looked like yeah so yeah and then, again that's another like this this show is so obscure like I think there's no there's not even like a DVD out there for anybody to have ripped. So we were watching like, uh, you know, VCR transfers. And like I said, like you could see the tracking marks and stuff on it. So kudos to whoever like uh, like held on to those and put those out there, because if not, we we wouldn't have the show. Yeah, you're Um, the
0: real hero out there, person, whoever you are. (laughs) Yeah.
2: Um, but sort of like the little premise or thing to the show was that he was a, he was a private school teacher, um, because, but because his wife had left, he needed to make extra money. So he, in his, um, like at night he was a, uh, a, a wrestler called the masked, uh, maniac and the masked maniac was a jobber wrestler. <laughs> so he was the one that sort of like got beat up by the other wrestlers every week. Um, But it was sort of like it was like a he it was like his secret identity. So the people at the school didn't know that he was a wrestler. And in the pilot episode, his children don't know either. And they they find out Um, and then they keep that secret for him. But when he was actually in the wrestling world, they knew that he was a teacher. And they were like there were often like these moments where he would like, you know, riff on like English or whatever with it, with some of the wrestlers to, to pull out some um, comedic elements. Um, but yeah, he also had, uh, there was also another uh, character was sort of like a love interest for him named Cheryl Wilson. And she actually was in, um, I was looking this up, I barely, I, like, I know the comic uh, property really well but I forgot that they made a TV movie of the show called Power Pack um, oh. that she
0: starred in I think she was the hmm. mother in that um oh, I didn't'm I'm, I'm this age I'm 44 years old I had no idea that they made a power pack uh, TV show
2: yeah it was a it was a it was a TV movie it was really bad and it did, okay. you know it was 91 so they didn't they you know it took yeah. them till like, yeah. 2000 that no, would till, till Blade I think came out before they even like were able to do anything not Superman or Batman that um looked close to real but now I'm like they should actually do Power Pack on um on Marvel uh, or on Disney Plus yeah um but anyways yeah she was uh she uh was also in I I can't remember if this is one of the movies that he picked but recently I was listening to. Uh, one of the podcasts, and um, David Irons was picking his top mo- – you guys were picking your top uh, horror movies, and I think he picked When a Stranger Calls Back. I'm not sure. Okay. It was a Canadian – it was a TV movie, but she was she was in that. She was also on an episode of another old TV obscure show we have done called Midnight Caller. Ah, And they call her. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. So yeah. So it um, th- the big part of it for us is that it starred or at least it had cameos of tons of W N.W.A. wrestlers. Um, Ric Flair, Ron Garvin. Go back. You mentioned Ron Simmons, who was in that episode. Um, Tully Blanchard, Ivan Koloff, the Road Warriors um and without their makeup yeah without their way. yeah without their makeup uh Ricky Morton who I like I can't stand but I love that episode I was <laughs> you like well, sound like a mofo yeah um and uh also Dr death Steve Williams um played uh uh the mass maniac on screen so um when uh, as like the stunt double so yeah all the scenes what they had him is actually dr dusty williams which is pretty cool i didn't know that till i just watched this uh did some research for this but yeah it was a i really loved the show um obviously because i i was like really into wrestling at that time um steph from degrassi junior high (laughs) was was on it um and, uh, also for me, um, it was actually hard for me to watch NWA, um, where I lived. So it was like my sort of like access to get to see a little bit more of those wrestlers that I had just started to come into knowing and liking and thinking, oh, I think I like this better than WWF. Um, so yeah, it was really fun family sitcom. They learned lessons every episode. Um, but it also was really terrible.
3: but in a good way yeah it was
2: very very wholesome I mean I you know because I'm super cheesy and I actually like that stuff but I also acknowledge that yeah it probably like for it's time it probably wasn't really done really well but I also think that you could do a. You could do that. It had a good sort of like setup. You could actually do that show now, maybe as like Great a, setup. maybe as a draw, like an hour drama instead. You know, have um, you know, uh, what's his name? You can't see me, and uh, John, <laughs> John, Cena. John John Cena and somebody else in the in the roles, but uh, but yeah, it was a cool show, and uh, like I don't know, what did you guys think,
1: Corey?
0: Yeah, so. <laughs> Yeah, this move, this show, Diallo, you you said it. It's it's a very sweet show. It's kind of a little bit cheesy, um, and I think that is its charm. I right from the get go, the the sitcom intro, you know, the the intro song and everything. It's so cheesy, but in in the best, most wonderful 1988 way. I will say, I watched episode ten, I think, because Diallo sent us like three or four of them, and uh, so I just picked like the the newest one that he sent. And so I didn't actually watch the first episode, but I, you know, I did watch episode 10 and it had all, it had the two kids in it and it had, you know, the dad and it dealt with the daughter drinking and, uh, later, you know, and she gets caught later and everything. But I thought they actually handled it really well. Um, even to the point where the dad, uh, he never Lyle, you know, he never seemed, like a jerk he was like okay you know let's discuss this and everything I was like oh that's that's progressive I was like that's pretty cool but at the end of the day he is what I loved the most I thought he was outstanding I thought he did a good job of of just being like this like sort of a sweet guy and and I think maybe it's like the whole thing that we all have we're like You see somebody that's big and scary, but but then they turn out to be nice. And you, you really, we all like that kind of thing. And I think maybe this falls into that category, but I really liked it. I really, really liked the show. It's a shame that it, it doesn't exist. You can't freaking find it anywhere, and, and the episodes that we do have, you can barely even see their faces. But what I did see, I, I liked, and I thought it was sweet, and I thought they handled the problems well. Um, some stuff in the episode that I saw was a little bit of a product of its time. Like, like they were actually doing group therapy as as a, as a team, which I thought was cool, but then they jumped to, like, this sort of a gay thing like right away and i was like oh i mean i was like that's a shame because i actually thought it was a a really cool idea that he was like we're not gelling as a team you know in the locker room we need to have some kind of therapy session or something i was like that's that's pretty progressive and then like i said he was willing to like discuss stuff with his his daughter and everything and all at the end of the day she was like basically she just missed her dad she was like i I feel like i'm growing up without you because her mom's gone and everything he was like you know what you're grounded because you got drunk, but you know what? I, I promise I'll spend the time with you. And I was like, "Damn, this is this is really really sweet." And and my final note is very sweet show, and I liked it. Maybe it was the because it was the first one that I watched, and and I actually watched the Rock and Wrestling last. But I was like, okay, you know, let's do this. You know, like all right, I don't know what to expect. And I I, I finished the episode, and I thought it was really nice. And I wish we actually had access to it because I would like to watch more of it. So that's that's where I stand on it.
1: Well, I will tell you how I feel about it by showing uh, Corey and Diallo something that you guys obviously can't hear, but I'll describe it. I have a VHS tape. Uh, You can't read the writing because it's so small, but... But it I actually have several episodes recorded Whoa. on a VHS tape that I still have to this day. Are you I, the I, one that you, uploaded those? Yeah. <laughs> are you the hero? Or you yes, the I hero? am I am Spank Bank number 76. No, I'm kidding. Um uh, whoever up whoever uploaded it, thank you. Uh I also have the interview Lyle Alzado did with I think the Today show when he was dying of cancer. Uh I still have the Sports Illustrated. Uh, cover or magazine where he's on the cover and it just simply says I lied on it and he's got a do rag on and he's, he's looking half the man that he is because if you look at Lyle Alzado in Learning the Ropes is so jacked up he's so huge um, I remember when he was promoting this show I was obsessed with Lyle Alzado uh, to the point where his his um, stance on steroid use I I did a speech in school about like a, a an informative speech in my speech class about Lyle Alzado and about steroids because I was so passionate about it and the in the in the steroid cases that were going on in the WWF where Hogan was on the stand lying about steroid use and I think Piper was honest on the stand Roddy Roddy Piper about his use of steroids which got him fired from the WWF for a while. Um, I was really passionate about that because. Let's be honest, steroids and wrestling go together like, you know, hamburgers and cheese. So it just kind of goes together, you know, and and um, and, and, you know, Lyle Alcedo, I loved and I was so sad when he died. And when he was promoting Learning the Ropes, I remember him saying it was supposed to shed a new light on steroids on wrestlers because we looked at these guys like, you know, over the top crazy people. And he's like, but they're just like us. You know, and it and the way they featured NWA guys in this light was different from what you'd see on WWF. WWF was so afraid to break kayfabe to suddenly show guys in a new light, like showing Nikolai Volkov as a as a just a family man or. Or, heaven forbid, we show million-dollar man Teb DiBiase, who was an asshole in the ring and, you know, having a kid dribble a basketball for $100 and kicking the ball away before he reached 100 dribbles or whatever. Do you
2: want that $500? The
1: kid goes, yeah. (laughs) How does it feel to want? (laughs) (laughs) Right? Right? Heaven forbid they show Teddy DiBiase actually is a decent dude outside of the ring. Uh, and and so this show was groundbreaking in that way. I loved it. Is it cheesy as fuck? Yeah, because it's like super 80s cliche sitcom stuff. Is Lalo Lado a good actor? No. His lines are totally fed to him. You see, like when he delivers his lines, it's literally he's like just saying his line. And then they, everyone acts, reacts off of him, which is totally fine, in my opinion. I don't have a problem with it. It's entertaining. Really quickly, I want to point out that Yannick Bisson or Bison was in a, a TV show called The Adventures of Napkin Man. Which,
3: Whoa.
1: <laughs> it was a kid's show, but let's be honest, Napkin Man, not the best choice. That's, that's, that's what you could first. call
0: me uh, sitting here at my desk every day. <laughs> Napkin yeah. Man. Yeah. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah. So, um, talk about breaking kayfabe, uh, breaking kayfabe, and talk about shooting. Um, yeah. So, I I love this show. I love the, the 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 use of wrestlers throughout. Fucking Ronnie Garvin, he was butchered when he went to the WWF. He he was made into a joke because this Vince McMahon. If if you weren't a product of Vince McMahon. And he brought you in from another territory. He crushed your career. It cr- it's it's infamous the stories that have gone on when guys from other territories came to the WWF uh, 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 and uh, WWE, uh, right? <laughs> yeah, he turned uh, Terry Taylor, Terry who Taylor, was a legit yeah. badass in the AWA and and NWA, and turned him into the Red Fucking Rooster, and it was a joke. And it was such a shame because that guy could go. Um, anyways. You know, seeing the Road Warriors without their makeup on for the first time, I tripped out and like talking normal. It was, I was like, this is unheard of, you know. And again, I love the show. I, I like I said, I still have it on VHS there. By the way, there was another wrestling organization called USWA. Um, yeah, they were kind of big for a minute. And the UWF. But yeah, I loved learning the ropes. It was so I'm so glad I, when when Corey and Diallo and I were going around saying, "Okay, what shows are we going to talk about uh, for TV Obscura?" I was like. Please, because Diallo, Diallo had sprinkled. I think I'm gonna do learning the ropes, but then, uh, but then it wasn't locked in yet. And I'm like, please do learning the ropes. Please, please do learning the ropes. I really want to talk about learning the ropes. <laughs> um, it's just a fun show, man. Like especially if you like wrestling, seeing NWA guys uh, at a time when WWF dominated everywhere. NWA was like the indie band. You know, if it, if you knew NWA, you were a part of the cool group. Uh it's like you knew what was up. It was like think knowing, you know, when all the grunge bands came out, but you knew about Mud Honey or, yeah. or something like that. You know, it was like, oh shit, yeah, you know what's up. It should have lasted longer. It should be rebooted now easily. I think it won't be because you know, Vince McMahon unfortunately still literally controls every aspect of wrestling. And uh, far be it, heaven forbid, he reboots a show that he didn't have creative control over. Like, how dare someone else have an, a great idea about wrestling? And, and, and the guy's an egomaniac. He's responsible for a lot of great things in wrestling, but he's also responsible for a lot of terrible things in wrestling. And, you know, a, a lot of the terrible culture that has been cultivated, um, you know, throughout our the past 20, 30 years. So he's responsible for a lot of that shit. So that being said, you know, it, it was nice to see this and reminded of, oh, yeah, NWA was really hopping back in the day. And, you know, while they had WWF had WrestleMania, NWA had Starcade. They had Halloween Havoc when they became WCW. and ha- like Halloween Corey's Havoc,
0: in- isn't that when RoboCop made an uh. appearance? <laughs> Corey's
1: favorite moment. I was just about to say favorite slash shocking moment. Uh, would that be your favorite slash shocking moment? Because that was kind of a big deal.
0: I, I, I just learned about it a couple months ago, and I was shocked then, and I'm sure I would have been shocked way back in the past. But I was like, what the fuck, RoboCop?
1: Well, Sting needed backup to the come to the ring, and they were doing. I think it was Capital Combat. Uh, he teased at Halloween Havoc that 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 um, RoboCop was coming. I think. Wait, well, maybe so I'm, Halloween Havoc. Flipping
0: it. So Halloween Havoc was NWA, right? Yes. And that was or mainly, WCW, yeah. Was that mainly a Canadian production? You said.
1: No, no, you, uh, uh, that was Canadian, but uh, Canadian. Uh, I think they had the CWF right up in Canada. That was their wrestling fed up there. But I don't know. Even though. Um,
0: Oh, I was just going to say the only reason I was calling out the RoboCop thing is because I think that there was a RoboCop Canadian TV show. Yes. And maybe that was a tie-in with that. Was is that what it was, or was it a tie-in with the movie?
1: I think it was a tie-in with RoboCop Three. Three. Or yeah. Two.
0: I'm, I think it was three. I think it was a tie-in with three.
1: Yeah. And Sting needed backup. Uh, Sting, Surfer Sting, at the time before he became the Crow Sting. The Crow Sting. Uh, yeah. <laughs> and and he brought RoboCop to the <laughs> ring and like ripped rip, it ripped open bars or something like that um diallo what was your like favorite do you have a favorite or shocking moment from wrestling or wrestlemania in particular mm, for wrestlemania not uh, uh,
2: not for wrestlemania not so much i mean um i had there there are a lot of like shocking moments i can remember off the top of my head i remember when um the road warriors turned on sting that was pretty brutal oh and, uh, yeah, and nwa yeah uh i remember they did the their little f- f- finishing move on him like three times in a row and i was just like i can't I can't believe this happened you know <laughs> he's uh, already <laughs> dead <laughs> <laughs> i
1: think it was called the electric chair wasn't it where they put where they put the opponent up, yeah, on, their up on their shoulders soldiers, yeah on their shoulders yeah yeah hawk would jump off the uh yeah. top rope and clothesline him yeah devastating
2: um, one of my favorite, I think, actually, uh, here's a here's a here will be my my favorite shocking moment. Um, um, it wasn't WrestleMania, but SummerSlam. Um, I mm. think it was the first SummerSlam, and uh, uh, Brutus, the Barber Beefcake, was about to fight. Um, uh, honky-tonk man for the intercontinental belt. He had been building up to this for like months and months. And it was like, oh, dude, he's finally going to win this. He was actually one of my, at the time he, Brutus Beefcake was my favorite wrestler and uh, he got injured. And so they were like, uh, we don't know. Somebody's going to fill in. We don't know. And um, honky-tonk man was just kind of standing out there and we were waiting. We didn't know who was going to come out. Like, you li- literally had no idea who was coming out at the time. And all of a sudden, you hear this music. Dun,
3: dun, dun, dun,
2: dun. And it was the <laughs> Ultimate Warrior. <laughs> and it was like, I remember just being like, holy shit. Like, my, yeah, it was like, it was the greatest moment. The Ultimate Warrior came running out. Like, it was like a 30 second match. It was great. He won the Intercontinental Belt and he, he bounced. Um.
0: <laughs> he, he ran out from parts unknown. and He yeah. went back to parts unknown. Yeah, that's yeah. right. But that's I just, right. you
2: know, I remember like that. But you know, back in that that time, like I like literally did not think it was gonna be him. Like I remember sitting there, like not knowing who it was gonna be, and there was no, you know, you watch wrestling enough, and you kind of get a sense of like, you know, oh, someone's gonna come out and do this or that. But at that time, I literally did not know that was gonna happen. So that was that was one of my best shocking moments
1: that's a great shocking moment yeah. that is a great shot and it was really the birth of ultimate warrior becoming really who he was yeah. Sash is yeah uh in a minute i'm going to read you one of his one of his promos oh from man this is gonna be good um it's gonna be one of his but, stream of consciousness yeah, ones. <laughs> I, I before we get into that i really want to quickly stay I, I was looking at yannick in learning the ropes i'm like what what else do i know him from what else do i know him from he was on a TV show called High Tide mm-hmm. with Rick Springfield yeah. and George Segal. Uh, or Seagal. Uh, by the way, that's a kind of a Baywatch ish ripoff, mm-hmm. uh, not ripoff, but a, like the de- detective show set in Hawaii, even though they filmed it in Australia. Great show, in my opinion. And, and that may come up on TV obscura down the road. Cool. Um, one of my shocking moments that I'll keep specifically to WrestleMania was there was a tag team in the eighties called Strike Force. It was Tito Santana. <laughs> strike hard,
2: strike first, strike force. Rick
1: Martell. Rick Martell Martel was the AWA world champion. Again, he was somebody that was kind of buried in the WWF because he ended up becoming the model Rick Martell and like a cheesy thing where he would spray people with perfume <laughs> or cologne called arrogance. Well, the, wasn't Tito
0: in rock and wrestling? Tito Santana? Yeah, was he that? was. Tito Santana okay. was in rock okay. and, yeah, and wrestling, was. yep.
1: Yep. And th- they became Strike Force. They had a song called Girls in Cars by Robbie Dupree, who uh, sang the song Steal Away. You know, that Yacht Rock song. Mm-hmm. Um, but Girls in Cars. Ding, ding, we love ding, girls. Ding, ding, girls in Cars. <laughs> it's a great <laughs> song. Yeah. Uh, I have it on cassette. But um, they were a great tag team. Great tag team. Total Baby Faces. Babyface, by the way, uh, being the full face moniker oh and they were okay so, so
0: face is short for baby face is is heel short for anything or is it just heel
1: no i think it's just heel okay yeah uh and and they were gonna re- they wrestled demolition i think at like wrestlemania four or five it might have been five i
2: think it was four.
1: Oh, yeah i think you're right it it was four and uh for the for the world heavyweight titles and demolition let's be honest they were a rip off of the road warriors mm-hmm. and not nearly as good um, in my opinion and, uh, strike force, I thought was going to beat demolition for the titles mm-hmm. and they didn't, they lost. And Rick Martel turned on Tito Santana mm-hmm. turning, meaning like he, he, He basically became a heel instead of a face and he turned on Tito and it was a heartbreaking, crushing moment for me as a kid because it was like I loved Strike Force. They had a badass (laughs) T-shirt and uh, Tito Santana. They both had white tights. Mm -hmm. Tito had a little sombrero on his tight. And Rick Martell had a little lightning bolt on his Titan. I just thought they were so badass, red and white. And it just broke my heart as a kid. I'm like, no, this is, I love Rick Martell because he was such a cool dude. And anyways, that was one of my heartbreaking moments. Oh, man. Um, So there you go.
0: Hey, everybody. Corey here. I just wanted to let you know that we'll be right back after these short messages.
2: Hey everybody, I'm Tim. And I'm Dean. And we're the hosts of Talking Back. We're a retro-based podcast covering movies, comics, video games, and more.
1: Check us out every Monday where we hit the
2: rewind button and dig into some of our favorite content from the past. We like to keep things fun,
1: lighthearted, and informative.
2: Do you feel like you need more nostalgia in your life? Then check out Talking Back. We're available everywhere podcasts are found.
1: the land of nostalgia
0: and now back to the show
1: before i get into my episode i really quickly want to read to you a promo from the ultimate warrior i'm going to save like in my opinion one of the best promo cutters of all time to the end but the ultimate warrior wrestled hulk hogan at wrestlemania 6 for the world heavyweight title it was title versus title Ultimate Warrior was the Intercontinental Champion, which I think he carried that title since he beat Honky Tonk Man. No one could beat the Ultimate Warrior. And he wrestled year, Hulk Hogan.
0: Sorry, what year would WrestleMania six be?
1: So uh four was eighty-eight, okay. five was eighty-nine. So this would be nineteen ninety. Okay, okay. And yeah, this was like the culmination of two never in the history of wrestling, WWF wrestling at the time, were there were there two faces. Facing off in the ring against each other, who's gonna, who are you going to cheer for? It was, in my opinion, one of the best buildups, best moments of wrestling. Whether the match was that great or not, it's uh, in the in the history of wrestling. It's so important to watch because it was like two fan favorites, the top guys. Number, it it's like Tony Stark and uh, Steve Rogers, you know, <laughs> facing off. It literally is that, and they went at it but the promos leading up to this were so terribly absurd in a good way an ultimate warrior who is super roided out i'll cut some of the stuff he said but he said he said uh hulk hogan (laughs) (laughs) he said i have a question now this is literally word for word what he says hulk hogan have a question to answer your question as you, Hulk Hogan, travel to Wrestlemania! By conventional means, the normals you travel with experience malfunctions. As you realize all that is left is total self-destruction. Do you, Hulk Hogan, show self-pity? Do you, Hulk Hogan, try to reason why? Do you, Hulk Hogan, try and comfort the normals that have even more fear than you? You, Hulk Hogan, must self-destruct so that you will know, Hulk Hogan, who is the chosen one. For Hulk Hogan, I am not the chosen one that you speak of. I am not. I, Hulk Hogan, am the only one. <laughs> that I cut out wild. a big chunk because I'm like, just get to it. You know, people are like, oh, he said gibberish bullshit. If you break it down, it kind of makes sense, mm-hmm. actually. Mm-hmm. And it's pretty cool. I think it's pretty yeah, cool.
0: Yeah, I, I think it's neat. I always liked Ultimate Warrior.
2: He, yeah, as as he kind of went further along in his career, he started to, like, be a lot more rambly and kind of out there. And racist. With one of the stuff. Well, yeah. I mean, it, when he was still wrestling. But he actually yes, yes, did. Sorry. He actually did. Uh, he actually wrote uh, Ultimate Warrior comic book where he meets yep. santa claus and it is one of the most like because like that you his his uh promos kind of reminded me of the writing in there he it was it was like far out i don't know what he was talking about <laughs> so it was the weirdest strangest thing you've ever seen and he changed his name santa. yeah he did to the warrior to wow. the warrior. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Like his first rest name is peace. the
1: and then No, last just, name, warrior. Warrior. just Warrior. Warrior. Gotcha. Warrior. Yeah. 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 All right. And rest in peace. The guy, you know what? He he had some moments where you go like he was absurd uh absurdly bad uh like with his thoughts on certain things, but he seemed to turn that around as he got older and started to become a little bit more humble in his ways and wanted to be like a role model overall to people. And then he had a heart attack and died. So there you go.
0: It's almost as if they all go out that way, right? Isn't that how Macho Shit. Man went out?
1: Yep. Yeah. Macho Man had a heart attack and died. Yeah. If you run down the nineteen ninety one SummerSlam card, yeah. speaking of SummerSlam, uh I think like eighty five percent of those dudes are now dead. Oof. So
2: I mean that was like anyways. the you know, the I mean, go back to the steroids thing, that's really what that and the cocaine really yeah. was yes. uh and you know, like they the, the the punishment that they were putting on their bodies and stuff like a lot of those guys are gone it's it's pretty wild to watch
1: it's amazing to me that somebody like rick flair is still alive yeah. after all these years yeah because that guy used to they called him the 60 minute man he would wrestle two 60 minute matches a night sometimes these guys were on the road 300 plus days a year um, putting their bodies on the line. So for the guys that are still alive, like the fact that Hogan's still alive, you know, is pretty surprising because these guys die off like flies. There was a, there was a time in the, in the late nineties uh, when all those dudes from the eighties were just dropping off mm-hmm. because they were just like, their bodies were giving out on them. So the fact that some of these old timers are still around, you know, says a lot. And so, you know, th- yeah, the, the pain pills that they put in their systems having to stay up all the time. It, it's a lot. It is it is a modern day circus is yeah. what it is. Yeah. So uh, but speaking of 1991 to wrap up our shows, I'm going to take us down a little trip of mammary lane into the television pilot episode of Tag Team.
0: Also listed as a TV movie on IMDb.
1: Yes, it was. It, it officially and technically is a pilot series on ABC. It was supposed to be greenlit for at least thirteen episodes. It didn't make it past the pilot episode. It aired on January twenty sixth, nineteen ninety one. The day before the Super Bowl, uh, so most people probably didn't watch because they're like, "I'm going to be in front of the TV all day tomorrow. Might as not. Well, might as well not watch tonight." Uh, it starred two absolute without a doubt legends of wrestling rowdy roddy piper and jesse the body ventura uh rowdy roddy piper you know i mentioned the thing when he first started out with the sandpaper on his forehead if you don't know his true full backstory uh there's a great wwf e documentary that was put out a while ago you might be able to find on the peacock network it's really good the guy had a rough go and to to really you know he he pioneered the career of, you know, ultimate wrestler into a really good actor. Besides They Live, he's in a fun Dirk Benedict comedy called Body Slam, which is another fun wrestling movie if you guys want to go down the wrestling route. Uh, I love that movie personally. And, you know, he was in a ton of B movies uh, straight to video films with like Billy Blanks and many others. Frogtown right frog Town, of course hell comes to Frogtown. really good re- really good actor um before the rock and before john cena who we talk about and say oh those guys are actually good actors he was way better than hogan like he was the shit like, yeah he could actually he could actually act um and another guy jesse the body ventura before abraxas <clears throat> uh, obviously he was in predator and he was in the running man and but you know, and then became the governor of Minnesota, <laughs> and a huge conspiracy theorist. But in a way, if you really, if you listen to the to his conspiracy theory rants, they actually might swerve you a little bit. You might go, okay, I, I kind of buy this the way he's talking about it, you know, because he he's very convincing. Um, and I always love the fact that he's legit, a former Navy SEAL, and my dad being a former Navy SEAL, I'm like, this guy's cool, you know. Anyways, uh, those two star as. Uh, Rick McDonald, Rod- Roddy Piper plays Rick McDonald, Jesse Ventura plays Bobby Youngblood, they play two pro wrestlers who are um, told the night before they're supposed to go out to a wrestling match that they're going to take a dive and lose the match, and this is like this is a total kayfabe show where they everything in wrestling's real, quote unquote. Th- and that's Shannon- what I was going
0: to ask this show makes you, like I was watching, I was like, it, it, it's it you have to think that wrestling is real as, as boxing is. And again, we, we, we know that it's real, but you know what I mean? And where people could take dives and whatnot. So right away I was like, Oh, okay. So people can like, okay. So it's not actually a look into real wrestling. It's more of, yeah, like you said, it's okay. That makes sense. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Cause I think at the time they might've still been under WWF kind of contracts. So I think there was a little bit of a hand in that. Um, you know Vince McMahon oh how dare we ever break that wall right but uh, yeah the wrestling promoter it comes to both of them backstage they're a tag team uh, it's kind of seen how they are going to be before the match and the wife of the promoter comes in and she's like I want you guys to lose tonight and it's played by Shannon Tweed and a cameo and Shannon Tweed was hot at the time mm-hmm. still is in my opinion and um, they decide not to take the dive which gets them kicked out of wrestling permanently They have a bunch of different random jobs, like from being movers to uh, self-defense dummies. And (laughs) they land on um, one night they're at a grocery store. They uh, foil robbers trying to uh, rob the grocery store. Uh, The grocery store, by the way, looks... Quite a bit like the one in the movie Intruder.
0: Yeah, You asked me to look out for that, but I was so distracted uh, by the fact that I think the, the guy that Jesse Ventura lands on, the guy with the shotgun, I think he was in Hard Target. I think he had the yes. glasses on. And didn't Jean-Claude Van Damme, like, kick him in the face and knock his yes. cigar? That was him, right?
1: Yes, that I, same guy. I yep.
0: fucking knew it. And, and just while I'm calling it out now, because like, you mentioned <laughs> the the um, the self defense class, uh, that was Kathy Kenny uh, from the Drew Carey show.
1: Oh no shit. Yeah. Okay, yeah, cool, Leading cool. That yeah, one. so they they foil uh, these robbers at a grocery store, and the uh, the cops that actually show up to the scene to to arrest the robbers say to the two of them, "You guys could, you guys are cops, right?" They think they're cops. Uh, and then they get the bright idea that they should become police officers. They go through police academy training, become cops, and on their first day on the job, by the way, their their uh, their trainer or the kind of the person in charge of them, who later on becomes their uh, their their like captain of the police force, is played by uh, Robin Curtis, who
0: is Savick in
1: in Star Trek Three and Four. Yep. That is not it's logical. It's fantastic. It. And so uh, on their first day on the job officially as cops, they get uh, told they're going to go undercover to protect a woman who needs to testify against some uh, dudes who killed some undercover cops. Wait,
0: a woman that needs to testify against uh, a sexually aggressive professor, maybe? Yeah.
1: <laughs> Yeah, because this woman that they're kind of looking out for is played by who, Corey? Jennifer
0: Runyon. uh, She was the beginning of Ghostbusters when Venkman is doing his little, you know, card trick (laughs) thing, hitting on her.
1: (laughs) Ghostbusters and Up the Creek, which is a terrible movie. And the movie is terrible. Uh, But she was also in A Very Brady Christmas. I think she plays the wife of uh, one of the. Brady kids she's um,
2: she was in Charles in charge wasn't she in charge
1: she was Charles's yeah, his girlfriend, girlfriend the
2: first one first yeah, season.
1: N- without a doubt like stunningly beautiful um, but probably the queen of the pout face mm-hmm. like the ultimate pouty face I've never seen a girl a, I never I've never seen an actor pout as authentically and beautiful as she does by the way mm-hmm. anyways uh, they're protecting her and uh, i i I won't say much more about that but they because i don't want to spoil it 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 literally last it was one episode It was a pilot uh the pilot in its entirety is on youtube with commercials from 1991 which is really (laughs) amazing which got me so choked up when they showed a lifesavers commercial of a dad and his son watching a sunset and i'm just like that's me and my son oh my God, losing my shit
0: um of all the times that we watch stuff this is the first time we got commercials in our youtube videos it's fantastic and guys and gals you know we we post them all on patreon uh the week prior so yeah for free you uh so if you're listening to us on the free feed you can head over to our patreon page patreon.com slash after dark and completely for free i we post all of the tv obscure links on one post and so you can go watch them so This the one we're talking about, this one right here is is on there. The link's on there. It's yeah worth watching. I mean, I like the show. Uh, We'll get into that in a second. But, yeah, it's got the commercials on it, guys and gals. It's awesome.
1: It's so great. I I think uh, Otherworld was another show that there are different versions of it online, but you can find the one with the commercials intact, which is so great. So vintage. Yeah, you got to watch. I think it's the only version of this is on, on. the only version that's online has all the commercials in it. Um, But it's a very basic premise. You get the sense that, you know, the further adventures that these guys would go on is they'd become undercover cops on these no longer wearing uniforms. Right. Uh, Jesse Ventura is, is kind of a, he's not a very good actor. In my opinion, he's kind of cheesy. Uh, He delivers his lines kind of flat, but he's still really likable. And then roddy roddy piper is the fucking man i'm sorry like you know even when he's overacting you want to see him overact because he's so damn good his haircut is terrible by the way he's got like yeah. a page boy haircut and i'm like what the fuck is up with this he-man <laughs> however he's still badass um and and you know this was like the he was on he was winding down his wrestling career and so was jesse jesse was like a full-time commentator uh from by like man. mid yeah. '80s on, right? Yeah, and I think he ended up going to WCW soon after this. But you know, this this show showed so much potential. It's cliche as hell. It's it's everything you would expect in a cop show, formulaic as hell. But there's a lot of charm. Um, I'm I wanna I'm gonna I'm gonna stop talking about my love of it, and I wanna see what you guys thought. Diallo, I'll start with you. What did you think of Tag Team?
2: So I had never seen it. That was in that, again, I can talk about it on multiple episodes, but that was right in that era where I was in college in Vermont, and they're just, we, at that time, didn't have cable. We only got like two over-the-air stations, didn't have a TV. So I missed a lot of TV and wrestling at that time, cartoons, and I only would get to watch stuff when I came back home. I'm so Um, sorry. Yeah, no, it was terrible. I really did. Like, I really was, like, not getting to watch wrestling every Saturday was the worst, <laughs> the worst at the time. But, yeah, but I remember when it came out, and I remember hearing about it, but obviously it didn't go anywhere. And, I, and again, especially in those days, it would be really hard to find. Um, so this was my first time seeing it. Um, I mean, I saw the potential in it. I, I wasn't, like, terribly judgmental about any of the things that I think like didn't work. I do think that it kind of um it spent too much time on the setup to get to the part where they're cops. Um but yes. uh, that other than that, I actually thought it was like kind of fun, charming. Um I there's a there's an academic term that uh, the show's based in what uh it's called homosocial bonding and um, it really typifies um, like the makeup of that show because they're they're the 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 male to male camaraderie bonding between the two of them is really the basis of the show. And one of the things I thought was interesting was that a lot of cop shows in that vein would have one of the guys kind of falling for the hot woman which would have been Jennifer Runyon, but in this case in that episode, like yeah. it, it was almost like these two were the couple mm-hmm. um yeah. and i just I, I thought it was actually a really interesting choice and in dynamic so um uh but other than that yeah it was just it was you know Roddy Piper and Jesse Ventura and like Jesse Ventura i know mostly from um his commentary so it was really interesting to see him even in those scenes where they, where they were wrestling, you know, I've seen some old footage and stuff. Um, yeah, because he
1: stopped wrestling in the early 80s. Yeah, he really did. Yeah, he kind of he's he tapped out, I think, around 82 or 83. I don't think he was even in the first WrestleMania. No, just no, just as
0: Diallo was talking, I was literally thinking I was like, I know Jesse Ventura. I know he's a wrestler. I don't think I've ever even seen, like, a picture of, like, what he looked like, you know, in the ring. And I, and then, Zach, you answered it for me as to why. It's because, yeah, he left – he stopped wrestling way before I even, you know, got in, into it. And he his whole gimmick with the, this,
1: oh,
2: yeah. Okay. He kind of was like uh, – I mean, Hogan took a lot of his look from Jesse and uh, superstar Billy Graham also kind of – looked a lot like him so yeah he he definitely was like a trailblazer with the look
1: yeah (laughs) and also took the the baldness yeah the baldness yeah true uh superstar billy graham started that tie-dye trend then jesse picked up on it i think when he was in the awa yeah and he had the flashy sunglasses if you and then uh, yeah. And then Hogan like took elements of both of them. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then big Papa pump, Scott Steiner kind of took elements of those dudes later on as well. So
2: Put some chain mail, slap some chainmail yeah. mail on top of that.
1: Before Corey jumps in here. I also want to say there's a really heartfelt moment with Piper and, uh, and, and Ventura in the, in the pilot. When Piper's like, I really feel like when they join the force and they, their first day in, they mm. get suspended their first day in. And, Piper's like, I really was thinking we were, we were fitting in here or we were part of a family or something like that. And it's, it's such a genuinely like uh, real moment because if you know Piper's backstory, he was an orphan and he was professional wrestling at like 14 or 15 years old. This guy never had a family per se. So you get the sense that he always wanted to be a part of a family. Um, so it's there's a lot of realness there. But yeah, anyways.
0: That, that theme kind of ran through the episode. he he said it multiple times, and I I yeah. remember the scene you're talking about. I, I thought it was I too was like sort of like oh wow that 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 seems very honest uh, for such a silly show in, in the best way possible. I yeah. I had so much fun with tag team. Uh, I think mainly it's it's because I thought Rowdy Piper and Jesse Ventura had great chemistry together and i really liked like what their characters were about like i liked how they were you know they were there for each other they they supported each other i liked how uh, Jesse Ventura's character is like, look, dude, like, like, I'll take the fall. You know, the the owner of the company, the wrestling company. He he likes you more. Just I'll, I'll say it's all me, I, and then you can keep wrestling. But I like how Roddy Piper's like, no, dude, like you're my, you're my bro, like we're we're pals. And I was like, that's it's such a strong bonding show. I loved it. Um, but I also like the action was like silly and fun, but like m- bigger than it should have been. Like with the the whole gig and. Uh, the whole gag with the piano falling. Like, they blew out a damn brick wall and then, like, <laughs> dropped it on a car. And then, like, in the the, the grocery store scene where they're fighting the, the guys and everything, when they, like, knock, like, a giant, like, some dumpster or something into the car, like, there's some good stunts in this and some good action in it, you know? I, I thought this thing had so many good points going on. They had a really cool house. Like, they both lived together in this, like, sort of converted warehouse that's also a gym and, you know, yada, yada, yada. And I was like, this is really cool. And at the end of the episode, they have a dog named Body Slam. And I'm like, I'm just, I am loving everything about this show. I I just, I really, really enjoyed it. My only question was, "Ah, why didn't they just jump right to PIs? Like I would have gone the private investigator route versus uh, the cop route and, and just been like, you know, maybe made them kind of guys who were, you know, helping out people who who needed help, like an A-team sort of thing. But I get that they were trying to be more realistic, and they were like, okay, how are we going to make rent now and everything? So I was like, okay. I honestly liked all the choices that show made and where the characters went and what they did. Damn, it's a damn shame that, that it didn't go to series. But I highly recommend everybody watch it. It, 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 you know, not just for the commercials. That's that's a fucking bonus. That is a bonus. But <laughs> it was fun. It was. It wasn't as like saccharine sweet, obviously, as learning the ropes, because that was a sitcom, you know, and that was about three years prior. But this had this. It had an interesting quality about it, where it didn't quite take itself too seriously, but it didn't also feel like a fake world. It, it had a nice. It had a nice sort of vibe to it that I that I really enjoyed, and I think at the end of the day, the cornerstone is Rowdy Piper and and, and uh, Jesse Ventura. Really, I think they worked really well together. Um, I didn't have any problem with Jesse Ventura's acting, but at the same time. I'm never expecting any wrestler to be a good actor anyways. So I'm always surprised when they are. And I, I think John Cena is fucking fantastic. I, I never thought that until Shocker. I saw Beastmaker, man. Yep. Like, wow. Um, but, Yeah this show was fucking awesome tag team what the fuck where'd this come from man
1: (laughs) yeah and i want to point out too as generic as hell as the villains were in this episode they could fight like no the pretty damn well there are a lot of roundhouse kicks
2: kicks, man. (laughs) yeah roundhouse kicks
1: dude Yeah. yeah and very impressive uh and the wrestling moves that they used in like everyday battling obviously it doesn't you know, hold a candle to the fight that Rowdy Piper had with, uh, you know, <laughs> David Keith, uh, and, and Keith David and, uh, and they live, uh, but it's pretty damn close. You know, you get elements. Roddy Piper knows how to stage fight. Uh, he really does. He knows how to make it look effectively good. He knows how to sell it. He <laughs> totally knows how to sell it. Nice. Look at you. Look at you getting all into it. Oh, bro. Uh, yeah. Definitely check out tag team. It's a shame that didn't happen. I, I, had the sneaky suspicion vince mcmahon had something to do with it it's an abc show by the way and uh even though vince mcmahon was tight with nbc who knows uh you know vince mcmahon screws people over all the time he's been doing it since he started out and he's a mafia boss you know he's a total mob boss and it's a shame um i'm gonna read one more promo but before i do I really quickly want to say the reason I'm shouting out these promos for this episode is because they're all WrestleMania themed. Uh, if we ever go down this road, and I really hope we do, uh, I, I would love to talk about more of the like the NWA promo people. Ric Flair, probably one of the best promo men of all time. Uh, all-around greatest wrestlers of all time, if you think about it. Dusty Rhodes, great promos as well. But Jake the Snake Roberts was known as being one of the Best talkers in the business. Um, he didn't do a whole lot in the ring, and it's it and that's not always what mattered. What mattered was if you could talk and sell the match up to the point and after the point. And at WrestleMania six again in 1990, uh, he had a match with Million Dollar Man Ted DiBiase, and Million Dollar Man Ted DiBiase, he had a million dollar belt. There was a diamond studded. Belt with dollar signs on it And uh, it was on the line Against Jake the Snake Roberts And the outcome of the match Was terrible It was a count out The Million Dollar Man won Because uh, Jake the Snake was outside of the ring Interference with somebody else Uh, I don't remember the exact particulars Off the top of my head But I just remember being super pissed off Because Jake the Snake should have won This is a guy by the way that never won a title And should have and there's a whole line of people who didn't need to win a belt but still were over as fuck. And if you're over, that means, like, you're huge, right? Okay. Um,
0: That's a term I did not know.
1: Okay. Well, there you go. Diallo's <laughs> like, yeah, I know. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I know. So, uh, so Jake Roberts delivered this promo against Million Dollar Man, Ted DiBiase. And if you don't know this promo, you can look it up online because it's so good. But this is Jake. Well, well, the Million Dollar Man, Ted DiBiase... Here we are at WrestleMania, and it's the biggest match of your career. Why? Because everything you stand for is on the line, mainly the million-dollar belt. Oh, yeah. You see, it can be yours once again. All you have to do is go through Damien, his snake, and me. But you see, Damien and I don't forget. We remember all the times you made people grovel for your money. These were people far less fortunate than you, People who could use your money for essentials. And what did you do? You made fun of them. You humbled them and you humiliated them. Well, now it's my turn. I'm going to make you beg. DiBiase, you're going to get down on your hands and knees. And this time you'll be the one that's humbled. This time you'll be the one that's humiliated. And this time you'll be the one that grovels for the money. And how appropriate that the money you grovel for is your very own. A victim of your own greed, wallowing in the muck of your avarice.
0: Oh, throwing in some avarice. Yeah. <laughs> How fucking badass is that?
2: That's a, that's a good speech.
0: That? Yeah, that's fucking awesome. Well written.
1: I mean, that's, that's all snake, you know, he was a heel face, heel face all over the place, right? Mm -hmm. Diallo knows very well he had the snake pit. That's uh, uh, not where Hogan, uh, Andre turned on Hogan. However, it was a moment like I think they had their moments on that show as well. It was just a beautiful promo for a match that was kind of lackluster and disappointing. But you know what? At the end of the day, the fact is Jake the Snake Roberts is still alive thanks to Diamond Dallas Page. Yeah. Quick shout out to DDP Yoga because that shit works. And, you know, here we are talking about wrestling of yesteryear. But as we start to wrap up, let's kind of go down the row And uh, two things, one, your favorite WWF wrestler, and two, if you have a two, your favorite overall wrestler could be from any particular company. So Corey, who is your favorite wrestler of all the times?
0: You've mentioned a few that I loved growing up, Jake Snake Roberts, uh, the Road Warriors, uh, I loved Razor Ramon, R.I.P. Uh, my buddy Xair uh, is friends with DDP. He's friend. He was friends with Razor Ramon and everybody, and that that sucked, man. That that hit hard. Um, yeah. I, f- I felt bad for him. So yeah, R.I.P. to Razor Ramon. I love that dude. Um, one of my, and I'll, I'm saving my all-time, all-time, all-time favorite for one second. But uh, I I did I did like Sting back in the day. I thought he was cool too. But my all-time favorite wrestler. It's gotta be Kane! It's gotta be Kane! <laughs> AKA Isaac Yankum. Love me some Kane. Uh, I always liked the mask. I thought the mask was cool. I didn't like it when he took the mask off, but no. I'd say ultimately, forever and ever, Kane, like, like the classic masked Kane, is my favorite wrestler of all time.
1: Nice, nice one. That's very impressive. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, Are he, you impressed that
0: I knew his name was Isaac Yankum before that? Yeah. <laughs> yes, was, yeah. And,
1: and and if you look at pictures of him as a, as the Isaac Yankum, you know why he put a mask on. Uh, yeah.
0: Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. Kane. Love me some nice. Kane. Isn't he like a Diallo, mayor? how about or you? Is yeah, he yeah he's, he's like a mayor of some, I think, town like in Tennessee. Land- or Tennessee. Yeah. 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 yeah.
2: He's problematic now
0: <laughs> oh, oh no Is I he? Hear, from what oh, i hear yeah okay mm-hmm. all right well i still i like the i like the character yeah you know the, yeah yeah oh
1: you know that that's i think that's going to be maybe for all of us mm-hmm. you like the character you don't like the dude there you go <laughs> diallo how about you who are some of your favorite wrestlers
2: i mean geez, i have there there were so many that i you know like i mentioned uh brutus beefcake i liked a lot back in the day uh tag teams um my Bushwacker, favorite maybe. yeah <laughs> <laughs> my favorite tag team of all time is midnight express Uh really loved really love those guys um, but i have to say <laughs> the two men that have sent more men running than Xlax. sweet stan lane and beautiful bobby did i say that wrong the Yo, midnight express yeah jim cornette man He's great, Jim great. Cornette. He has a great podcast now too. Um,
1: to and by the way, a great talker. He yeah, he's a great talker. He he say shit like, he's so dumb and takes him an hour and a half to watch sixty minutes.
3: <laughs> <laughs>
2: he's great. Like he's still like he has a podcast now and he's just he's awesome. He just like he awesome. just riffs on all of that stuff. In he the shoots. Past. It's great. It's great. <laughs> um, but yeah, but yeah, they were like my favorite tag team. But uh, I. It's funny because, like you said, like you, your favorite wrestler character might not be your favorite, like you might not be a good person, but I actually have a personal story with my favorite wrestler, um, oh. who is Brett the Hitman Hart. And he was my favorite wrestler all like for, for years. Um, and the I
1: excellence just, of execution. yeah,
2: I mean, I literally started liking him as a wrestler because of his skill in the ring, like the way he did his moves and you saw the precision that he, that he had. It was really fascinating to watch. And then you went from tag team to doing solo and you, I saw even more of it. Um, But actually, you know, I know this is supposed to be short, but this is really, (laughs) Um, it kind of ties into uh, what like Corey was talking about with Owen Hart at the, at the beginning, but um, like set the way, way back machine going to school in Vermont. And I was out one night um, and I knew that they were wrestling in town and as big of a fan, I didn't go. I don't know why I didn't go that night to wherever they were at. Um, but we were all at a bar and like after the match, some of the wrestlers just like ended up just kind of hanging out. Um, and so there's Bret Hart sitting at a table and he's just kind of by himself. And, um, I always forget the other wrestler's name he was big at the time, uh, but he was off in the back. He's kind of an a-hole and he was like, I tried talking to him, but all he was, uh, was doing was rapping, uh, lyrics to regulate. So like no one could talk to him. Um, <laughs> but anyways, what do you look like, what do he look like? Hey, you know, what? it's, uh, I, it's, I, I, I know who he is and I just, I can't think of his name right now. Yeah. Um, you would like, you know, when I I'll show you a picture and you'll remember, but I can't remember his name okay. right now. It's like 19- he wasn't perfect, was he? No, no, uh, of course it wasn't. Kurt <laughs> <Henning>. um, <laughs> <laughs> anyways, so I actually sat down and I was like, hey, you know, uh, you are, you're my favorite wrestler. Just want to say hello. And. Dude starts asking me questions. So where are you from? You know, San Francisco. Oh, it's a beautiful city. I love it there. He's a guy. Talked to me for like a half hour to an hour. That's and awesome. just awesome. And it was like, it, you know, like when you talk about like, because they sometimes they say don't meet your heroes. Yeah. Right. <laughs> like that actually was I mean, he was a, he was like a you, you got the impression that he actually was a kind, beautiful soul. Wow, he was yeah. very caring. He was very engaging. I mean, he was I mean, he was asking me about myself. Like he wasn't, you know, it wasn't me. Just like, oh, like this, you know, it was really cool. And he was very gracious, and and he and he seemed like he took a general, a genuine interest in me. But at the time, also, I remember kind of looking off to the corner, and Owen was in the corner playing this video game for most of the night by him, like kind of by himself. I think he had a wife at the time, and yeah. she was kind of floating around too. So yeah, that was uh that that was uh that's like a great. He, he was awesome. already my favorite wrestler. And then he actually was a really great, great human being. And um, uh, that when makes me Owen like him. Passed, yeah. When Owen passed, I remember I was remember that night because I was just like, I, you know, I was kind of look. I always remember him in the corner playing video games yeah. by himself the entire night and just kind of sad where he ended up.
1: Yeah, if you guys don't know the story about Owen Hart, it's pretty tragic. It's very tragic. And uh, it, it's a shame that Brett was not in the company with Owen at that time. He had jumped over to WCW uh, pretty around, like roughly around the same time frame. Uh, and Owen was kind of resurrecting his blue blazer character under this mask. And uh, it was really a shame. Uh, obviously, it should never have happened. And Brett's career was ended... Uh, abruptly by bill goldberg uh, because he botched a move in the in the ring and to this day brett still holds a grudge against goldberg because goldberg still comes and wrestles you know um, for several million dollars once a year for the wwe and you know brett's got that cross to bear unfortunately with with all the shit that's happened to him in his life um he doesn't seem to be really at peace with everything because he'll go on podcasts and talk about things and you just can tell that it still he still holds a grudge against uh, certain people and and there's a you know he really believes in 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 like the integrity of the sport Um, and it's a shame that he hasn't really you know he's acknowledged for being one of the best wrestlers around and one of the best best promo guys when he turned heel full-fledged heel back in the day in the 90s that was a game-changer some say that that was the beginning of the attitude era when Brett snapped. Uh, but, you know, it's, it's kind of up for debate, which is great. Which well, that,
0: that kind of makes sense if, if, you know, he's sitting there talking to Diallo for an hour and a half and Diallo's got the sense that he's probably like a kind of a sensitive kind of guy. Yeah. He, he might not be able to get over those, those traumas that, that have happened to him, you know?
1: Yeah. Yeah. And then, you know, Chris Benoit was a friend of his oh. uh, as well. And, and that, that whole deal uh, was messed up too. So Yeah. He is the best. This, I can see why people consider him to be the best there was, the best there is, the best there ever will be. If you don't know his matches, go watch his f- matches. They're phenomenal. The dude, he used to do his, like, submission move on a ring post late when he became heel. Uh, like, it was insane. It looked like he was going to rip the guy's leg off mm. uh, off the ring, you know? But, um, yeah, all my favorite wrestlers are... <laughs> not from WWF <laughs> they were probably in WWF at some point but uh Surfer Sting is my all-time favorite wrestler okay. I, I will die on that cross uh, he just he's just the ultimate babyface, and just fun so much so colorful so fun um Ricky the Dragon Steamboat when he went from WWF he his highest moment in WWF was winning the Intercontinental title against Macho Man still but one of the went,
2: greatest matches ever
1: One of the greatest matches of all the times in WrestleMania history goes over to W NWA and has legendarily amazing matches with Ric Flair. They were so won. The title was a, was a world heavyweight title, uh, holder there for a minute. He's one of my tops, uh, and flying Brian Pillman Mm. before he became the loose cannon in WWF, he was flying Brian before he had a horrible accident car accident which basically changed the trajectory of his career and he had to become like more of a ground wrestler versus a flyer he was in w nwa slash wcw and he was amazing he the dude was on fire and he they one of my favorite matches you guys can look this up on i think it's free on youtube is a war games match the war game matches were they put two rings next to each other and then put a cage around it and a cage on top so you're like caged in and there was like teams of two teams of five two wrestlers would start at the same time from either side and then every three minutes another wrestler would come in there'd be a coin flip to decide who would go in next right And it was like the four horsemen and uh, Larry's Abisco, maybe I forget, maybe Uh, with like Sting's team, which was flying Brian Sting, uh, the Steiner brothers. And uh, it was amazing. And it is one of the greatest. It might have been four on four, um, but it is one of the best matches ever. When people say, what's the match? What's the gateway drug match for? That I should get into. That's the match to watch: the War Games match. Steiner Brothers again, and one of my favorite tag teams of all the times. Um, you know, the three of us could go down memory lane on wrestling all night long, and dare I say, this might actually be our longest episode I of think TV for good I think it, is. I think it um, is. You know, WrestleMania. Uh, by the time you either listen to this, and it, it's already happened, uh, it's not what it used to be. But if you're a wrestling fan, hopefully you've enjoyed this. If you're not a wrestling fan, well, you've got something to consider now. Uh, and and check out these shows. Check out some of the matches and moments we talked about online. Most of it's all out there. But, you know, this hopefully will become a reoccurring theme at least once a year. Uh,
0: you know what? Uh, I like that. I am 100% down to talk wrestling with you guys as best I can. But I love listening to people talk about wrestling passionately like you guys do. I know you guys both love it, and I do love just being around people who are passionate about something. And uh, I really enjoy talking about wrestling with you guys. So if you want to do this once a year for WrestleMania, I am 100% on board for that.
1: Yeah, yeah, we would probably, we definitely will. Uh, there's so much to talk about. And we want to know from you guys, if you're wrestling fans, who were some of your favorites growing up? Let us know. Hit us up on uh, Instagram and and the Facebook, The the six of you that are, Following us on Facebook um, and, uh, just do it on Instagram <laughs> talk about a territory that's running out of steam uh, anyways yeah like let us know if if you don't or ask us our recommendations if you've got more questions about this episode like what's another what's a good documentary to check out or whatever so much great shit we didn't even get to talk about carrie von eric having half a foot mm. and wrestling in the wwf as the texas texas tornado with one fucking foot one
2: foot yeah
1: and doing drop kicks and yeah. all sorts of crazy shit so
2: wild that whole family story uh you, the
1: Von Eric. Yeah,
2: you can find again like there's just a bunch of videos that talks about that family, and I knew kind of about it at the time, but like actually hearing about it was, ooh man. Yeah, heroes. Wow.
1: Heroes of world class. Check out it, Heroes of World Class. Did it's he like lose a two it? A half hour. Did he? Did he lose it to the Beatus? No, no he was in a, like motorcycle a motorcycle accident. Yeah. yeah. Oh wow. Yeah. Okay. And okay. then he committed suicide. So, yeah. um, and he was. Yeah, that, that 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 that's a that's a that's a rabbit hole to go down and mm-hmm. it, you know ultimately this shit some of this shit is very depressing but uh you know you you got to take it in for what it is like there, it was also at a, it was a wild time mm-hmm. and so these stories there there is a dark side to wrestling. I know Vice TV has these dark side of wrestling documentaries. Mm. Uh, there it was it, there was a definite dark time. However, if you want to kind of get into it, that's what you should check out too. So speaking of checking out things, Diallo, you have a lot to check out Other than besides the fact that you are in impeccable shape and <laughs> marathon runner and studly man. Um, how can we listen to you? What, 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 what do you? what do you got going on in the Diallo Jackson world? Check it out.
2: Um, <laughs> I... <laughs> Uh, first Noel Chronicles. I finally have a schedule that is workable. Um, starting next month, I'll be releasing the uh, next chapters on a monthly basis, and I will be releasing the uh, that audio chapters on a monthly basis, and the written versions will be coming out more frequently. So, if cool. you if you are a person out there that has been checking it out, you will be able to get uh, you'll be able to read them before you get the audiobook versions, um, and the uh, the the text versions can be found on Kindle Vella, and the podcast is on um, all major podcasting platforms. Um, and as well, I have, uh, Angela in the dark who we could use a really good bump right now. And, uh, eyes and vision. We have, we have some people looking at it. Um, it's kind of exciting, but, um, and, uh, still working on ears and,
0: you know,
2: got some other stuff popping, percolating. Yeah.
1: Nice. Percolating and popping. Some really poppin cool stuff. Come on. Come on. they be-
2: can announce them. You know, when, when I do get to announce, it's going to be like, oh, damn. And I'll be like, damn. Yeah, I know. And you'll be like, <laughs> damn. So
1: You see, yeah. you're, you're at the edge of the lightning bolt right now. <laughs> and, and daddy, I put my hand out to you. And I say, touch my hand. Because these five fingers are all touching you the american dream yeah you want to watch some good fucking promos (laughs) look up dusty Rhodes promos back before he became the wwf polka dot hero polka dot yeah
2: he would like his voice would get so hoarse whenever he would inhale it was always that like rough like
1: (gasps) it was crazy like dude was so good it was wild was gold dust his son yeah. Gold okay. dust is his son. He's yeah. got two sons. He's got Dustin Runnels, uh, and 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 Cody, who who um I'm gonna hm we're recording this before WrestleMania, but the prediction is that he was gonna show up at WrestleMania. Okay. Which is a big deal. Uh and and he, you know, Dusty Rhodes, mm-hmm. that guy had a mind for the business. Mm-hmm. That guy could just like He was a backstage booker that kind of, you know, laid out the matches and the storylines and whatnot and and would help people with their promos. And he was just all around amazing. And here's the thing that I loved about him. And he even said this, too. He was super overweight, had this giant birthmark on his belly, did not look attractive by any means, by the like, you know, quote unquote, typical means. Uh, And this guy was the world champion, you know, and his whole gimmick was like, if I can do it, if I can reach the 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 ultimate mountaintop, then you can do that too, and I think that's a beautiful message to send to all people. Yeah. Uh, speaking of beautiful messages to send, Corey, do you have a beautiful <laughs> message to send about Cartwright? Yeah, go listen to it. Cartwright. <laughs> that's
0: the message. <laughs> that's your beautiful message. That's my beautiful message. If you like Seinfeld, then go listen to Cartwright, a Seinfeld podcast. Adam and I are about. Halfway through uh, season eight. Um, So, yeah, we're barreling towards the end, but we are also covering Curb Your Enthusiasm on the Cartwright Patreon as well. So, yeah, always loving Larry David and Jerry Seinfeld. Zach, what you got going on at $2 Late Fee these days?
1: November. 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 What the fuck? Um, Rolling into April, we've got an upcoming interview with an actor named Nathalie, an actor named Nestor Serrano, as you uh, that, that you should know from TV Obscura from the Hat Squad, but he was in a movie called Hanging with the Homeboys in 1991. That's our latest episode that'll be coming out very soon. Um, great little known film from the early 90s. And, you know, it's it was kind of had a great cast John Leguizamo, Nestor Serrano, Mario Joyner, Dougie Doug. Great, fun, uh, different kind of night like uh, uh, uh swingers in the sense like this one night changes everything right swingers diner american graffiti kind of vibe great movie uh that's what we're doing over a two dollar late fee nice. but i'll tell you what brother we um and it's funny that we didn't really go off on hulk hogan you know which yes. is yeah it's interesting we didn't even sense. bring him up really you know
2: you uh, <laughs> didn't need to you no, don't need to exactly <laughs> i, I will
1: i will say i will say this Wrestling uh, is is wild, it's wacky shit, and I'm so glad we finally covered it on TV Obscura. Three obscure as hell TV shows. I mean, granted, Corey's Rockin' Wrestling is probably the most mainstream, but shit, it's still very obscure. It's still very obscure. So I think they all fit the category. Yeah, Um, and
0: I love talking about them with you guys. Like I said, I mean, I may not be a a wrestling super fan, but I, I think I held my own a little bit. Can I just ask, how did I do, guys? What do you, you mean? A little out.
2: bit? You held. You held it all the bit. You held what? all the bits.
0: Yeah. All the bits. All the bits. Thanks. You didn't guys. need.
2: You didn't need anybody to tag in for you.
1: <laughs> no, you made it to a time limit draw. Even Jesse. Even
2: Jesse needed someone to tag in for him. Oh, <laughs> uh, penultimate shucks. action sequence, but not you. That was <laughs> great, you. by
1: the way. That 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 tag in for the. For the final fight in tag team. Yeah. yeah. I don't want to describe it too much because y'all got to just watch it. Yeah. Just watch <laughs> it. Please
0: watch that. Yeah. Watch that and watch Learning the Ropes. Oh, man. It's so good. They're both and so watch good. The
1: ropes. And I'll say, watch Rock and Wrestling. It's it's weird. It's, yeah. It's just weird shit. It, just for the for the bits, um, Mean Gene Okerlund another guy who's so good on the mic. I miss Rest Mean Gene peace. Okerlund yeah. yeah, man. Yeah. Mean Gene, Bo- Bobby the Brain Heenan. Oh, my God. These guys are so funny uh but yeah educate yourself on a little bit of wrestling and um you know know that by the time we get to the next tv obscura it's gonna be another wild wacky ride with the three of us so until then diallo oh yeah get you on the obscure side dig it
2: And Steven Seagal Mm. is a
3: joke.